Hello and welcome back to another episode of DeFi Discussions. This is episode 24. We're on a roll now. We're going to keep this going. We got special guests today. We got Get That Small. He's going to talk to us about it with the Arbitrum Gaming, what's really going on down there around there. We got 30k behind me. We got 30k Bitcoin. We're going to dig into dig into that a lot. So we got we have really got a lot of, a lot of good stuff going on. We got BlackRock. It, it, was it corruption or you know was this already on the table? We're going to really get into that. We got some really good stuff too. Let's, let's, let's Bring them in. Bring in the fellas. What's going on, fellas? Hey, what's up, guys? Guys. All right. So, kind of get into uh, what we normally do. Let's talk about our weeks. Let's talk about like. Let's get personal here. So we'll start with Yago B. How was your man? It's been. It's been a great week. I mean, all I'm seeing is orange everywhere. Um. ah, Sorry, man. I just. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's been good, man. Like, uh, actually, I actually felt really good because my brother, uh, hit me up two days ago, uh, when Bitcoin was like right at like 25, nine, maybe it was three days ago. And he said, Hey man, this guy's, uh, he's, I'm going to take his crypto from him. What should I do? And he had like, most of it was in like Ethereum. He had a lot in ApeCoin. I go move all I said move all that stuff to Bitcoin except for leaves this much Ethereum. Yeah. And then bam, like three days later, he's up like ten grand or whatever, right? So that's pretty awesome. You know, that doesn't usually happen. <laughs> um, to where I can be like, Hey brother, remember when I just told you to do this? And then <laughs> now you have ten thousand more dollars. So that was that, that was good to kind of actually, you know, feel like someone um believes in me about crypto because <laughs> every other time you go to a family event they're just like so how's your crypto how's the crypto going and it's been kind of bad the past year right so yeah it's been awesome man awesome mr niblets what's up buddy i'm uh okay nothing to do with okay so first of all i'll get to the crypto in a moment but i've spent the past four days cleaning every single thing in my physical surroundings like every corner is clean everything's boxes of crap i haven't looked at in like decades gone through all of it um it's it feels i feel cleansed like my soul feel it's not just the papers it's my soul feels cleansed did you you find some old adderall uh well you know i was taking the adderall to do the work and now i've got to load up on ambien so i can go to sleep tonight um (laughs) No, it's good. I, I I can see my desk underneath the, what 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 was underneath the pile of papers. There's actually like some solid wood. So no, it's good. It's good. Um, uh, everything's all clean and it's nice and I like it. Now that said, um, yeah, I'm quite I'm quite happy, obviously, about where uh, where Bitcoin has gone. But I'm extra happy because Canto did not respond and Canto dropped to exactly where my price was for further accumulation for. Uh, unpairing liquidity pools and then sh- shifting the the stable note into accumulating more canto. So basically, I had everything sort of half note, half canto, and at this price, I just dumped all liquidity, uh, all liquidity pool tokens, moved all the stables into canto, and now I'm standing uh, neck deep in canto, waiting, waiting for the bus to come by and uh, take us uh, back up to at least seventy would be nice. What, what what was that price point? If you don't mind me asking, uh, it was eleven. Was it nine? 
No, it was, around, it was around 11. No, I was expecting it to go further, but I'm not smart enough to catch the bottom of a dip. I'm, I'm not that guy that looks at a chart and goes, <laughs> oh, if only I bought here and sold here, I'd be a zillionaire. Yeah, if you bought here and bought there, you'd be more than a zillionaire. Like it, money would not be the thing that you're looking for. So no, I'm not, I was like, you know, you know, I think it'll go to nine, which means I will do my thing at around 11 ish. Um, it might go to, I'm hoping for a dollar. I'm going to, I'm going to act at 70. I'm not going to wait to try and catch that, that, you know, complete top. So, but you know, going from, going from 11 to 70 is, uh, you know, that's, that's nothing to, nothing to feel ashamed about. We've done it before. Not at all. We've yeah. done it before. So I mean, anyway, it's just so from seven cents so yeah you know exactly exactly so no i was um, i was quite i was quite happy to see um uh just not respond and uh uh and and don i was i was also happy to see magic not respond because um i had one of my uh one of my recruits ready to become a legion oh man 150 yeah. magic and right. so that's the right time to do it yeah, that, that allowed me a little little extra little extra room to pick up some more magic to make that happen. Yeah. Did you get them through? No, I, I I've been too afraid. I'm waiting for Sunday night. I'm I'm guessing, I, I'm guessing because the way they have the mechanics set up, like only a certain number of slots are available, and so you want to do it at a time when there's probably lower traffic to give yourself a better percentage chance of being. Uh, I think so. They claim it's twenty five percent all the time. Really? But the, the first time I got to it the the system was actually something was broken about it nobody could get through yeah and as soon as they turned it back on i was probably like the first person to hit the button i just like you got it timing i saw the thing in the discord i went and yep. hit it and it got through yeah um and then the second time i just had one about a month ago i, I got my second one up to that point and it failed so i'm going uh, through the, the level uh, eight grind again which sucks but, uh, what it is. but so I, I think you're right i think you should try to time it no matter what yeah. they say yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for Sunday night. Now, also speaking of games, just before you know, sorry guys, monopolizing our our, our time here. But speaking of games, Don, you might be interested in this. So, oh, well, it's too late now. Um, I kept meaning to try and tell you about it, but I just kept forgetting because I would only ever I'd only remember at like you know nine thirty at night when I would go through like Tales of Illyrium, which is one of the other games on Magic. And so Tales of Illyrium, you have a certain basically you know the game is you know, it's just like three D sort of uh, RPG sort of um sort of turn-based rpg so i've got a bunch of heroes and heroes you go and you, you fight you fight like slimes or you fight like little creatures down the road and so you know you click a button to attack and then you wait till they attack you and you points go your hit points go down and if you win you win some stuff okay so what i discovered because i got really bored one time is i just started like when it was time to attack <laughs> i just click 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 my mouse super fast and what i discovered was you could get two, sometimes three attacks in before the, oh. your, the, the opposition would get a chance. So there was some kind of <laughs> hole in their code. Found a hole in the logic. Exactly. So you <laughs> so you just be, be slaying these high level uh, critters with your low level guys just because you could get three attacks in. For they fixed that not because they think they found out about it, but they fixed it because they added a feature where you could click a button and not go through the attack. You could just have skip all. Of, yeah, you could just skip yep. all the time-consuming attacks and just play it all out. Um, and so when they did that, it, that um, ruined the whole, um, whole gambit. <laughs> Very nice. I, I kept trying to tell myself, like, oh, I got to tell Don. Yeah, I'll tell Don in the morning when he's awake. And then you know, like seconds Never after not playing, I'm just it's. <laughs> Oh, look. A castle. And now it's too late. You just left me stranded. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. So I appreciate that. <laughs>
Well, let's get into our thing. So we got Get That Smo is back What's with up, us. Guys? Good to be Gaming here. expert, um, Ready Layer Two podcast, correct? That's right. Ready Layer Two podcast. Ready Layer um, Two podcast. I've seen yep. you. You haven't posted in a while. I'm waiting for. My uh, next I did. Yeah. No. Fair. Fair. I've uh, I've broken the cardinal rule of content creation, and I have not been posting on a schedule or keeping up with any of it. But uh, but yeah, I I'm I'm picking back up now. I've got a handful of interviews already recorded that are going to be coming out, and awesome. I've, I've got a bunch scheduled. So yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start actually being disciplined and publishing on a regular basis. Like. Like like you're supposed to, so we're getting. There. I'm an avid listener, and I'm looking forward to the next one. But like, let's let's get into so like, what 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 have you been up to? What games you've been playing to? What games are you looking forward to? Yeah, yeah. No, I've been. I mean, aside from keeping up with the just the the, the regular nonsense of the crypto industry and SEC and everything, just uh, to to be in the loop, I've been pretty much focused all on the gaming stuff. Um, it's it's just it's it's been the most interesting thing for me. And in particular, uh, obviously, I'm all, all pretty much all Arbitrum is where I'm focused in general. Uh, but within the treasury ecosystem, there's just all kinds of cool stuff going on right now. Um, so the uh, number one thing that I've been focused on for like the last month or so has been uh, Realm, uh, which is one that's been out for a while. And it's it's a bit more complicated than most of the games. There's a lot more going on there. And it was like, so like kind of the barrier to entry was a little bit higher in terms of like, you couldn't just get in there and start poking around. You really kind of had to read some docs and find out what the hell you were doing. So for the longest time, I was only playing half the game. Um, I'll give you kind of the whole breakdown here of, of, of what's out there and, and, and why I got so excited about it. So there is, there's two sides. There's the realm side, which is like kind of world building, collecting resources and, and producing things. Uh, it's like the, the generator of their economy. And then you have the uh, adventure of the void side or AOVs. That are the you know the characters that go out and they you know they explore the realms. They collect particle, which is a token within the game. They battle to collect anima, which is another token that was previously locked to the game and has now been uh, unlocked. And that's all I was focused on. I just had I had one of these AOVs, and it was an easy kind of game loop that I just go in. I set them to battle every two weeks. You transcend them, which is like leveling them up. Um, but it just like, I didn't have the time or didn't take the time to figure out the rest of the game. They had this, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Zeely, uh, Z-E-A-L-Y. It's like kind of like a community building contest type platform. And they're running a contest to get this like cool, unique, uh, skin for your AOV. And it was the only way you could get it. And, and it was like, retweet some stuff, write a thread, do, you know, do pretty straightforward stuff that you could, that you could do. And I was like, all right, I'll do that. And I started doing it, which sucked me into their Discord. And then I started seeing all the conversations going on in the Discord. Um, these guys like all talking about how the, you know, the strategies around collecting these different resources and how they were like bribing people into their realms and like all this crazy stuff going on. And I'm like, all right, I got to find out what's going on. So I started reading the docs and just found like the most complex cool interwoven like economy that they're building inside of this game and just got hooked on it so uh last month i've been acquired realms acquiring aovs learning this whole game loop and watching this team just like churn new feature after new feature after new feature into this really kind of super fun super smart interconnected world um the breakdown if i can give it to you succinctly it'll be tough but if i give it to you 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 got a realm, which is this thing that produces 
uh, it's like a, it's a, a virtual land and it produces collectibles. The collectibles are used to, to build monuments. The monuments are used by these AOV characters to pay homage so that they can get loot boxes. And the loot boxes give them all of this other crap that is like for future game loops, for crafting and everything else, gives them uh, things from other games. So they're getting into interop. They give you things for Ridge World. They'll give you things for Knights of the Either, on and on. And each step of the way, everything you do, you have to like make this decision about do, do I want to apply my limited anima to this or to that? And do you know, basically kind of making decisions about your resources all the while on the outside world where you're they re unlock the anima and it just keeps going up and up and up. You could turn around, you could just sell the stuff too. So it creates all these like in game and out of game economic decisions you got to play all the time and literally just new stuff coming from these guys like week after week after week. Um, super fun, super engaging communities all over it. And uh, I, I've gotten sucked in really hard. So, uh, um, that's probably my my uh, my number one obsession right now in, in the treasure gaming ecosystem um, that that I've been getting into. So it, I know that it, was probably confusing as hell. So you, <laughs> that, that makes sense. Was it RPG? Uh, it's not. It's like uh, it's it's still kind of like turn based. Like take your resources and allocate them, and then see okay. what happens. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. What, yeah. what was the name of that game? It's called Realm, R-E-A-L-M. Yeah, realm.land is the, the landing page for it. Uh, super cool stuff with all of this stuff going on, too, in the really engaged community. Like, all of the floors are going through the roof. Like, if you go on, on uh, Trove right now, you'll see, like, the realms themselves are up, like, 200% in the last month. The AOVs are, like, going nuts. Um, these things were, like, 0.06 ETH uh, mints. I don't know what, in January? I think is when they started them and the people that started in January and battled them until now got them at level 20 and level 20s are selling for like 3000 magic, which, you know, would be, I mean, That's just we're, we're, we're headed back towards the dollar. So it'd be about $3,000 for your 0.06 ETH in January. Uh, if you just pointed, point, pointed them at the right direction every day, uh, in the battles. So, uh, all that stuff's going up. They've got, um, pretty, pretty good LP, uh, percentages on magic swap for it. Uh, there's just there's a lot going on uh and again like i said just like lots of decisions to make both in game and out really uh about how you want to apply the resources so super fun if you're into that kind of complex building game sounds yeah. awesome yeah Look, there's a viewer that had a question um rc any thoughts on the mirandis game have you heard of that uh, i don't know that one is that huh. i assume on arbitrum or i don't know I, I don't know. I was just wondering. I guess like he's wondering if you heard of it or anything. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Haven't have come across it yet. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, uh, I guess it's Gala. Gala. Do you do you get into Gala game stuff? Uh, I don't. I don't even know what that is to be honest with you. So it's it's actually uh, a, another like token project. Do they have their own chain? I don't uh, think Gala, Gala. No, nah, Gala runs on Ethereum. It might be run on Matic, actually. So basically, they're they're a video game. Uh, I, I would you call them producer? Or like they have they like basically have a bunch they're of a video studio. Games. They're a game studio. studio. There you go. Then they get a lot of uh, GameFi games uh, built under them. So gotcha. Very cool. Very cool. No, I've been I've been hyper focused on all this uh, Arbitrum and like I said, mostly in particular the Treasure uh, ecosystem. Just because there's 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 too much going on there for for me, uh, you yeah. know, let alone getting outside of that. So, 
So yeah, that's that's been the focus. So yeah, that's the number one. The other one that uh, I'm pretty excited about too. Uh, there's a game called Zverse that has been out for a couple of months, and this this one is it's just in a beta. So then they have one game loop out, which is basically you get these little critters called Zs, and you take them into the dungeon and you battle other Zs basically. And what's cool about it is how playable it is already as a uh, I think they're calling it a beta, um, but this thing like they got first it's like it's super clean it looks good uh like as far as you know a lot of times like the web 3 games are kind of you know iffy on the graphics and things like that this one's got like it's well done it looks good the sound on it um like the battle sound and just kind of the game sound effects and things like that are really really well done and it's it's like a pretty well polished game already in beta but what really makes it stand out to me is they have a mobile version of it that's like identical to the desktop um which again is pretty rare uh so far from what i've seen in web3 gaming and you could play this thing on the phone and my three-year-old will regularly grab my phone and pick this thing up and play it himself like he can get into the game he can manage it he can get these things into the dungeon he's like leveling them up he's doing all their different tricks and to me like when you're always you're always looking like can a game get even remotely mainstream can anybody outside of you know, people like me who just like figuring out new Web3 game loops. Will anyone give a shit? And if a three-year-old's picking it up regularly, like, I mean, literally like four or five times a week, he's he's on my phone playing this game. If he can pick it up himself and be interested enough and to keep going back and actually play it productively, like meaning he's like making progress in the game, uh, that to me is a good sign. So that game, uh, pretty excited about. I'm, I'm interested to see where they take it. Team seems pretty solid. Uh, um, they've got some pretty good staking options for, uh, the V token, uh, that's depending on what you stake and your length and everything that like hundred to 200% APR right now. Um, so that's, that's an interesting option because the game itself is very hungry for this V token. So it's going to be super deflationary and people are going to want it if there's ever any real uptick in the gameplay. So that's an option I like. And then they also have these, uh, Genesis mask NFTs, uh, on, on Ethereum that you can grab and stake, and those things give you in-game bonus, and they are uh, behind the scenes generating the governance token for you too. Not the V oh, wow. gameplay token, but it's spitting out. Um, it escapes me right now what the actual name of the token is, but their governance token. So lots of cool options uh, around what I think is a very promising game. So that's the other one I'm, I'm pretty excited about right now. How, how, how do you find these games? Like, how, how do they keep finding you? Just, I mean, because I'm I'm in the community now, okay, right? So like, I'm following Discord. the right people on Twitter, and I'm interacting okay. with the right people and whatnot. So yeah, they they all they all find their way just in front of my eyeballs very easily. Gotcha. Because I'm yeah. always like, how do they get into this? How do you get into this? So that's that's like same thing. Like like right I mean, we, we, last time I was on, you were explaining, you know, the the whole thing around Zen, right? Yeah. Like you you yeah. once you start getting it and then you get deeper and deeper and deeper you end up making Very more true. connections and then it just becomes part of you know your daily that it ends up in front of you so same thing yeah yeah that's true i, I yeah. definitely got to follow more uh more more gaming things because i definitely want to get into some of this stuff i always say that but i, I feel sometimes i feel like I, I have the time but sometimes like i definitely have the time but i just just i don't know i don't know where to start like if someone's the, really it's the motivation started, too yeah. right like what is it like what are you trying to accomplish with your time we all have limited time and like for me the reason why i'm intrigued by this is because i want to i, I want to contribute to this ecosystem right like i'm not doing this i'm not like i i'm 
very happy with the way some of these assets are performing. That's all good. Uh, you know, I, don't, I certainly don't want to buy anything that's losing, but I'm not like, I'm not playing realm because I think it's going to make me money specifically. I'm playing it because I'm really interested in it. And I want to learn, learn how these things work and learn how a good team builds a good game that can engage a community because I want to contribute to that, you know, right now in the near term from the content standpoint. But if you look at my show, Ready Layer 2, the whole basis for the show is how did you build that? What did you need? Yeah. What teams did, you know, what resources did you need? Because I'm teaching myself to build something. That's what I want to do, right? So for me, this is this is business research for me to go in here and play these games all the time because I want to build something. And I just don't know exactly what yet. And that's that's the that's the path I'm on. So that's why that's why I can justify the time I spend on it. Plus it's fun. So, okay. so, so the <laughs> answer you gave me when I asked you that question many months ago is you said just go to treasure.lol. Um because that just simply yeah. does a lot of the work for you to put together, you know, a couple dozen games in a menu that you can go through and you can just check out. You can see what interests you. There's a wide yeah. variety of games. So you mentioned you mentioned um, Realm, which is an incredibly complicated game. When I first looked into when I was first checking out Treasure, I was just like, screw it. Um, I do not have the patience to un to figure out how this game works. But right beside, so so Realm is number three. Right beside it is uh, Beacon, which is number two, which is just a brain yep. dead simple. You move your little dude around a thing and you shoot some stuff. Right, some like, skeletons. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like a it's like an arcade game from 1982. Um, yeah, so, that's so, a, that's a good way to to frame it for sure. So super challenging though. That really one super hard. See, that one booted me. It didn't boot me out. I took myself out of that yeah. game because, yeah. like, you got to play. Yeah, right? <laughs> to get yeah. through some of those dungeons and get to the point where you're actually going to like accumulate the the, the good prizes, if you will. For sure. um, like my, my guess is you probably have to play that game for like multiple hours a day. Yeah, to get, just it's, to get the muscle memory down because it's and that's it's exactly it. it's a physical game, right? Like yeah. your, your your Twitch reflexes have to be so yeah. optimized for that game. Uh, but anyway, but so so you go to treasure.lol and has this huge variety of all kinds of different games, yep. Shizzy. You can check out, you can read and find detail, you know, all about them. A lot of them have some really, really crappy um, uh, documentation. So the only way to really find out is to click the Discord join button on them and jump yep. in communities and start to talk to people because the docs won't tell you much. Um, but it's a, it's a, so if you're wondering where to start, it's a good place to start because it gives you a lot of stuff to to start to look at right away in a big variety. So I'll yep. just come here and hit games. Yep. That's right. I can see them all off to the right there. So you know, the these are all ones that are building. So the beacon, the beacon had just a, a enormous launch uh, towards the end of last year, like December. Um, it was like a large percentage of all of the traffic on Arbitrum was all happening inside of that game. It was insane uh, how well they did, but yeah, all these, all these guys have been building. That kaiju cards I haven't even gotten into yet, but they've been building. I see them putting out new stuff all the time. That uh, I don't know if I'm saying all these right, but this Kuro Beast here, that that red footprint there. Oh yeah, this yeah. one. That's one I want to get into. So I'm following the founder on Twitter, and super interesting dude. Just from the stuff that he's posting, I want to learn more about their game. But what they just did is they just launched a. Uh, uh, basically like a, a, a public investment round, if you will. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't open in the U.S. because we're assholes in the U.S. with this with this kind of stuff. Uh, but they they basically like instead of launching a token, instead of this, they like basically had an open round, if you will, 
where folks could come in and invest in the company itself. Um, they do seem to be doing stuff like out in the open. And again, just a, a really intriguing one that I haven't had time to get into. Um, but yeah, you go down that list. There's uh, Knights of the ETH. Uh, that's one that I've been playing. Knights of the Ether, sorry. That's one that I've been playing for a long time too. There's a couple of, of loops there. Um, one is you got the Squire that's out just kind of digging around the mountains, finding stuff for your knight. The game that the Knights play in is actually launching like right now. Um, they're they're minting um, both a free option, an inexpensive option, and then the Knights is a slightly more expensive option that lets you have a little bit more gameplay. Um, yep. That's like going live tonight, like while we're as we speak, um, oh, that wow. might be happening. And that oh. one is this like turn-based card game where you're you take your knight and you're fighting against these just random you know whatever monsters in the in the uh, uh, the forest. You got cards and you got a it's it's card game, but it's got some kind of graphics to it, a little actual like fight action, kind of like uh, mag super magic, fun. but like a game. Um, actually, I don't know magic, but. Uh, yes. Pro yeah. Probably. It, it, it's like yeah. magic. So you and your opponents both have your own distinct set of cards. Yeah. And build and the stories. Cards. It builds into a story as you play. Yep. Got it. Yeah. I, I will so say you got to work your way through this, and it's it's super fun though, super playable, yeah. and like 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 actually enjoy it. It's a little bit time consuming, like to get through a, a a board, if you will, or one round of it, and like take out the boss. You might spend like forty minutes <laughs> on it, uh, which is is a bit more than I personally have that i want to invest in a game but when i play it it's fun i really like that one um tales of Illyria uh that that niblet's already mentioned is is another one that's been building the building um they had a uh um a hack of their lp that kind of knocked them off for a little bit the game never went down but it kind of slowed their progress for a, a month or two but they they're back from that they're about to relaunch their uh elam token oh wow this looks really good yeah, this is what they're building towards. So, like, the gameplay, like, the graphics look about like that, but you can't really wander around. Uh, like okay. Nilet said, you're kind of standing there fighting a slime or a goblin or something like that now. Um, but these guys, I like the team. They are one that's been building and building and building for a long time. Uh, so the expectation would definitely be that they'll continue to add. They just launched their Tower of Babel, which is like a... Uh, add-on special game with extra prizes that's uh, that just launched like yesterday or a couple days ago. Um, so like each of these games, like they're all launching something. There's all new stuff coming out. And within the treasure ecosystem too, all of these games are starting to, uh, the, the interop stuff's really starting to take hold. So like in Realm, you can get a loot box and out of that loot box, you might get a ring that you can use in the Knights of the Ether game. Or you might get, treasure fragments that you can use in bridge world. And there's like all of this interop stuff starting to happen within the games themselves. But even cooler than that, in my opinion, is that some of the players basically take the, the they expand the game economies by themselves. Uh, the example would be in realm. There was a player that was going when uh, uh, around the turn of the year, like I said, that um, what was the game we were just talking about? Sorry, beacon uh, nice beacon was hot. He was going and buying up all of the beacon treasures and then giving them to people to bribe them to go and explore his realm to bump up his realm stats so he could compete for magic in the realm game. And like when you look at that, what happened there is you have a player that basically took the realm economy and took the beacon economy and kind of merged them on their own because you can do that on the blockchain. 
right? And these are like these are the things that intrigue me about the games. Is one, the games themselves are going to start to do that, but we can all do whatever the hell we want outside of that game, and we can all interact how we choose to, and we can change the dynamics of these economies that are building up inside of these games by the actions we take outside of them. And to me, just from a like a fun way to spend time and, and be strategic, it's it's uh, it creates some pretty cool uh, opportunities, I think, for 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 fun game loops in and out of the game. Almost seems like kind of like a multiverse is being created. That's it, man. And that's uh, so again, why am I here? Why do I I said I want to build in this space, but why do I want to build in the space? Because we're all going to spend a shit ton of time in the metaverse. Yeah, in the relatively near future, right? And in there, we're all going to own stuff. That's why I'm interested in NFTs and why I've been digging into that stuff in the first place. And the interop is going to be huge because the only way any of that stuff really, really evolves to be what like the the best that it can be is you got to be able to walk into these worlds and move around them and take your shit with you and do different things in different places and not have you know a game change their dynamic and have you lose everything. Cause that stuff's yours. And if that game changed the way they used it and you don't like it, then you take it somewhere else and you use it over there. And like, that's where this is all headed. And that's why I think it's important to, you know, for me, that's why I'm in here right now. I want to be here helping figure all of that stuff out to enable that future. That to me is pretty obvious. Um, I just don't know when exactly it's going to happen. So I'll just add a couple important things for anybody. Not that anything, everything you said was important, Don. I'll add a couple more important things uh, to what you said. So for anyone who's trying to get into it on, on, on Treasure, uh, I, I will second the notion that um, uh, Knights of the Ether has the most fun game to play um, in its alpha stage. Like it is just a pretty good game to play. Um, yeah. and you can play and you can play for free. Like there's they're in the alpha stage right now. Um, and so that's certainly something to get into because you'll just enjoy playing it. Um, I will say that um, also Tales of Illyria is one of the cheapest games to play because playing and leveling up actually doesn't cost you any gas. Everything is within yeah, itself. So there's no gas fees. Whereas if nice. you compare it with like Bridge World, which is kind of the, the flagship um, game in the space, every single like all of your actions cost you gas. It all costs yep. you ether. Um, so yep. it, Same it, with realm. Exactly. Yeah. So it can't yep. when I play realm, it's like, here's 30 cents, here's 60 cents, here's yeah. 40 cents. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that is the one part I don't love. And when it, and when it takes you like oh. three, four months to level up your character, that is a lot of gas that you're, that you're spending. So those yep. of lyrium is really good because it is complete. Once you're in, it's completely, you don't, you're not spending any more money to play the game. Um, uh, Knights of the Ether is really good because it's just a fun game to play. And so, you know, these, these are things to consider when you're just starting. Yep. Yeah. Now that's uh, the gasless thing is huge. Uh, totally agree with that. Both, um, Knights of the Ether, their, their Squire side and the game side are gasless. Yeah. Um, like I said, if you go to that Knights of the Ether, I think you just got to go to their website. Um, I didn't get to see if the mint was live, but you can mint a free villager today to play in the full game for free too um so there's going to be uh, i don't know if this is if it'll be listed here or not but like on their so actual website i don't see if i could find it yeah um so it's partial what you're saying is partially true don because the your squires and your villagers are on their chain but i think your knights exist outside so any knight actions 
will probably have gas because um, though and but, but those nights are available on OpenSea, for example. But your villa, your other NFTs are are only available inside the game. I think. Oh, I can't. There's some weirdness. Yeah, between, not sure about that. There, there's some there's some weirdness between the between the how like where the different NFTs in Knights of the Ether live. Yeah, no, that is, that is a hundred percent. It's uh, the Knights are on mainnet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is the difference. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the game exists on Arbitrum. So, um, so just sit right here. Yeah, that makes Can I mint this right now? So that is the Oath Keepers insignia. That is, it's part of all of this. So they're running this thing called Midsummer, Midsummer Madness. And this Oathkeeper insignia gives you a free game pass to basically everything um, and also gives you an opportunity to take part in their harvester, which is where you stake magic. And then um, there's kind of it's it's a gamified staking. So you stake magic and then everybody that's working in your harvester kind of has to strategize together to apply different resources and parts to it throughout to to make the most out of it. So that one. That's not what I would recommend if you want to just dive in and start playing. Okay. Um, it looks like I checked their Twitter, but it looks like on their site it still says the mint is coming soon. Um, I would recommend you go grab once it's up the free villager and just try the game as a free villager first. Um, yeah. And then if you like that, then there's a blessed villager that's like th- I think they're a mint price on it's thirty three bucks, and that gives you a little bit more. And then the the knights. Honestly, I don't even know what the floor is on the knights right now, but. If they're more than a hundred bucks, I'd be surprised. Um, so yeah, that's I would build up. But that Oathkeeper's insignia, I wouldn't look at that unless you're like, this is dope, and I'm all in, and I want to get involved. Like that would be kind of like the the, gotcha. the last thing to get, if you will. Man, Arbitrum so like, seems like so seems no, like, just cool stuff happening. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like it's it's really got the gaming sector. I mean, like I, I haven't looked, dove into any other chains like. I'm not sure what Polygon has with games and stuff, but what you, what you've shown us, it seems like there's a really concentrated focus on Arbitrum with with like uh, I don't know, like ecosystems with GameFi. Yeah, the, the what the Treasure team did in particular, and there's other things on Arbitrum that's outside of Treasure, but what the Treasure team has done continues to do in particular. Like I think they've created an engine that's going to just continue to produce good content and good games and interoperability and grow and drive towards that future. I'm talking about like a a truly interoperable metaverse. Like I think these guys are on the path and I have no idea how long it takes, but uh, what they've, what they've put together is super impressive and it's working right now. Um, And then other stuff coming. So you got this, the small verse up here, these guys got something coming too, and they keep teasing it out. I don't know exactly what it is, but is that where you got your name from? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yes. The dot small tag is out of the small verse. Um, So, yeah, they keep saying it's going to be a big summer for smalls. Just wait. Um, And they're the ones behind all of this stuff. So they got something cooking. They've been hiring designers. They've been hiring game builders. They've been hiring storytellers. So whatever's coming from them is probably going to be pretty cool. Um, They already released a uh, like a little small this right here, the small verse. Like you could take your NFT into that world and walk them around and you can go in and out of the different games inside of it. Um, So that's like the first version of it. Down below in the what middle, the? you got this little yeah. What happened to that, that guy? guy? It should be called that's the swole. That's swole verse. Yeah. So this guy right there's the chop shop. You can go in here and race banana cars and stuff. This guy can go to the gym. 
Do you have to burn gas every time you do something? This one, yes. I think this one does take gas. It's been a while since I've played any of the games, so I can't remember for certain, but I think there was some gas involved. But yeah, they got like all these cool videos and content and everything. Like there's just, it's just fun. Like there's just cool, fun stuff all the time happening. This yellow square at the bottom middle of your screen here, that's Smallverse land. There was some game loop where they went to live on the moon. And that's a piece of land from the moon. Um, I wasn't around for that, but that's about to evolve into something else. So there's just, there's always things going on. Um, and then we didn't even talk about like uh, Battlefly. Believe it or not, Niblets, I haven't given up on Battlefly yet. Uh, you're, um, you're a glutton for, for draining my, my, funds, aren't you? I, I have, honestly, God, I have no idea how much money I've spent on this game. <laughs> I couldn't even begin to calculate it without, without probably hours of spreadsheets. Um, but they've Do continued the to kind of tweak their dynamics. And now I'm getting to the point where, like, I'm on their leaderboard every day, every other day. And each time you're on the leaderboard, it spits out 30 magic, 40 magic, right. you know, so like chunks of it. And the reason why I'm staying and keep messing with it, this one, admittedly, is one that I'm staying in because I think I can make a little bit of money on and have it fund all of my other uh, fun treasure games, is if you look at the leaderboards, it's like the same players on it all the time churning hundreds of magic literally every day out of this thing and i'm like if those guys can do it then i can do it i just gotta figure out the dynamics yeah that's, that's i just feel it. like i'm getting i think i'm getting pretty close honestly yeah, um, that, so it is fun don't get me wrong you, i have it, fun it, with it too but i'm trying to make money here until no, you that, realize, that, and, that's the way the math dynamics work like it is it is a a large-scale transfer of wealth from the mass of players who are not on the leaderboard to the players who are on the leader. So unless unless you've made the dedication to get yourself on the leaderboard, you're gonna you're gonna be in the net negative. Like you're just gonna lose money. Yeah. But Don, you're in the leaderboard, which means you're the beneficiary. You're basically taxing all the newbies. I've been paying for a long, long time to get even close though. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably I'm probably still a net contributor, but yeah. Um, but I am I, I am entertained, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like yep. I am having fun too. If it was just a grind, I would have quit a long time ago. Totally. So I am having fun, but I, I do see a potential upside here uh if if you can crack the code. And I, I feel like I might be like, I don't know, seventy five percent of the way to cracking that code. We'll see. Nice. nice. So we'll see. would you be upset if you found out down the road that the same people that are in the in the leaderboard at the top are ai <laughs> i'm just messing around i don't know it's a good question i mean we're gonna have to start asking ourselves those questions a lot soon yeah enough, we right? are um i don't know if they got access to the same information i do then uh i guess well, I just gotta, just I think if you beat if you, and then if them. you beat them though and then later on you find out that they're ai you're like holy shit i'm smarter than an ai i figured I'm smarter, than, AI. <laughs> I'm smarter yeah, than machines no, that's, that's legit, man. AIs, we're going to be competing with AIs on all fronts of life soon enough. So. My manager is an AI. What are you talking about? No, I'm just oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if, 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 if I want to get started, right? So what, 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 what I got to do? I got to get an Arbitrum wallet, obviously like MetaMask or what, what wallet do you use? MetaMask? Yeah, I use I use MetaMask primarily. All right. So I'd get a MetaMask wallet and then I would uh, send some ETH from a centralized exchange. And then well, I just need Ethereum or would I also need Magic as well? Yeah, no, bridge your ETH in. I like to use uh, Bungie um, to do my bridge. If 
Bungie's got okay. a couple of cool things to it. One is it like it accesses all of the other bridges and it kind of given the, that point in time, it'll give you the option for this is the fastest. This is the best outcome. This is cheap. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. They also have what's really nice is a, um, uh, a, a gas fill up. I can't think of the term for it. Refuel. They have a refuel oh, option. We can move a small amount, which if you're playing these games, like a lot of times you're like, shit, I need like 0.025 ETH real quick. And you don't want to wait 10 minutes for a bridge and you want to pay all the fees and all that crap. You could do a refuel where they basically just take your money on one side and airdrop you on the other side a little bit of ETH. Oh, yeah. So you say, you know, you can, it's usually limited. You can do between yeah. 0.01 and 0.037 or something like that. But you do it, it costs like two bucks and it's instant. Um, so that's a, it's a great option to get a little bit over there to play. But then, yeah, jump on, on uh, Trove. I'd say right now, um, you, you know, a couple of places to start. You could definitely do Tales of Valeria pretty cheap. Uh, I don't know what the floor price is, but you know the the heroes that you could probably grab one pretty cheap. Definitely do the knights of the either. You can grab a free blessed villager as soon as they say it's live. Which I thought it was supposed to be actually at 8 p.m. tonight, so it's got to be imminent. Um, so, so if I want to do that, check I that game out for free. View game. Like, how, how would I go about getting the NFT? Uh, so Open you're going to want to go, so you're on app.treasure.lol. So yeah, if you go on that yeah. search box right at the top and type in tails, right T-A-L-L. Collection. Yeah. Yeah. Collection. Sorry. So any of these, this is where you're going to buy any of these NFTs. So yeah, grab that one. Tales of Valeria Heroes. Right. And this will send me to OpenSea? Or I uh, right no, you're going to buy it right here on Trove. This is, this is okay. Magic's OpenSea or uh, Treasure's OpenSea. So you can grab one of these you know, bear looking guys for 44 magic, and, which right now is well, like 30 okay. bucks. Um, yeah. everything's in magic on this platform. Okay. Almost everything. Yeah. There's every once in a while, you'll see something denominated in ETH, uh, like those knights of the ETH, like the actual knights are, uh, but almost yeah. everything's going to be in magic. So you can grab one of these guys. Then you go to the game, you can act your wallet to it and then you just play. So I need and, one of these guys you know, first though. Correct. Before I can play. Yeah. You can't play tales of Valyria okay. without an NFT. Um, I'm so so do the the other gaming companies do they are you know within the arbitrum ecosystem do they all kind of agree to use magic as their token oh yeah i mean if they're going to participate in the treasure ecosystem that's one of the draws is that there is a magic token and that there is an existing ecosystem that they can they can tie into um so it's smart yeah so that's and that's why i said like the treasure guys that's what they've done is they've built this they've they've built an ecosystem and they've built a tool set and they built a marketing engine they built all of these things so that when a game comes in right like they've they've got to come and demonstrate that they've got something that's going to add value to the community then they can take part in all of this stuff that already exists this marketplace is here there's a uh, uh, magic swap lol is where you know you can swap your magic for um anima for realm or you can swap it for g fly for Battlefly, or you can swap it for v for uh z verse so even if you have your own token um you can choose to you know participate in the magic swap you can do lp there you can do you know kind of all that stuff it's all built already um you know obviously you got to come in and play by the ecosystem's rules if you will um it's not all like open and permissionless there's it's it's a business Centra that they're building kind of centralized yeah. but yeah, there's definitely a centralized component to it around the the treasure team, um, but they're delivering. So yeah, you know, I think you always you're, you're trying to strike that balance is you know value the, the 
value and speed to decentralization or even just like long-term capability to decentralization, I think that's always a balance we're going to be striking. Yeah, true. Plus, I mean, like you don't have to join if you don't like that aspect of it. But if you, that's exactly you know, right. so it's, it's kind of like you're paying for what you want, right? In, in terms of what you want to give up with this. Because, yeah, like to have that... Uh, you got to kind of orchestrate whenever you're trying to set up like uh, uh, interoperability with GameFi and what they're doing, it seems like is they're inviting all these game developers into their ecosystem saying, Hey, this is how this can be great. And you can see from a couple of the different games that are interoperating right now. I don't even know if that was a word I just made up, but anyways, (laughs) um, you know, and then it seems like the game developers are liking that and then it's starting to grow. So, pretty cool honestly it makes me want to buy magic <laughs> because yeah, i'm not gonna lie i want to do this you should yeah, want no. magic. i mean it's magic's a good investment and it was yeah. just sitting at like 67 cents yeah. or something like that the other day which is uh, was fantastic while it lasted yeah. Yeah. um yeah. i'm actually sad i'm sad everything is going up to be honest with you guys <laughs> everyone's all excited like yeah bitcoin's rip but all this stuff's happening i'm like I'm here for the long haul, man. I was hoping for like the next six months of the sideways at, you know, cheap prices across the board uh, so I can accumulate. But uh, I guess going up is pretty good, too. Yeah. yeah. Accumulating at 80 <laughs> still isn't too bad. I mean, it, that's fair, still fair. that's still a really good price. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and you're going to be, you, you can participate without actually even playing the games, meaning you can pick up the NFTs and play the and not play the game but play the nft price appreciation because you have you have a mechanism that gives the nfts inherent utility right if you if there's a game like for instance maybe you think that tales of Illyrium is going to really take off well you can start picking up some of the cheap nfts now and ride trade them up and trade, yeah, trade them up later. yeah you don't even have to step foot into the game space because unlike other nfts that are just available on open sea that have no inherent value, This, these do. These are keys to play the game. These offer mechanisms mm-hmm. to engage with. Like there's reasons to have, there's not yeah. just reasons to have, there's necessary reasons to have. Yeah, great things. great example. Jump yeah. over to the um, the Legion's uh, Bridge World. Yeah, right there, right there. You had Those, it. Yeah, click Bridge World, go to the Legion's. I haven't actually looked at the prices yet, but I was told that they're, they're on their way up again. And because what's yeah. happening is these other game um uh, these other games are getting harvesters in uh, basically in bridge world I think to you, have to, magic you have to search it yeah there you go yeah you to, what was it what was it called bridge world yep a little bit up well, well no there there he's in bridge world right no, now but what's that the, right there if you just scroll then, if you scroll up to the tabs to scroll up above the video above the no, video yeah yeah oh yeah click collections. sorry oh okay so yep. if you look at so the Legion Genesis, those are the big boys. So if you click on those, those are going to be like thousands of magic. Um, Ooh, okay. So magic. these guys inside the game, they uh, there's a, this concept of stasis. So you got to send your guys out to um, to explore Battle. and collect stuff, right? And they're trying to find treasure okay. fragments. Sometimes you get in a stasis, so your little eight hour mission turns into like a thirty two hour mission. These guys don't get that. So these guys go out and they don't get stuck and they turn through and they have higher rates of collecting these, you know, better treasure fragments. And then the treasure fragments are used to uh, to craft these like uh, harvester parts and things like that. And these guys outside of the game and discord are all kind of like teaming up and scheming like who's going to put in the different parts into our harvester mm-hmm. and who's going to redirect. There's this um, uh, corruption thing going on and they can like 
build things that redirect corruption to the other harvesters to slow them down and then put things in their harvesters to speed them up, which makes them yield more magic. So now uh, Beacon's getting a harvester. Um, Knights of the Ether's getting a harvester. Uh, Battlefly got one. There's Z-Verse is actually on the Bridge World map, which I got to believe means something. And each time another one comes, there's more people competing. So now the value of the legions is going up because people are trying to increase their yield and the staking. So again, you got these like in-game and out-of-game kind of economic games going on that is just fascinating. And you can do it, yeah. So what you're looking at here are the treasures. So when you 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 go on your missions, you collect treasure fragments, use them to produce these treasures. And people who aren't like whales that are competing for the magic produce these and just turn around and sell them on here. And they're making mm. money just by you know, doing their daily explorations and then, you know, producing one of these when they can and then selling it for 10 magic or 20 magic or whatever. So there's all different kinds of ways to play so inside kinda, these ecosystems. Kind of keeps it going. It kind of feeds you more magic so you can keep building and building. Can, can I, can I like, earn? Yeah, good, like, say if I start with a, like a crappy character, crappy NFT, can I earn a better NFT? Yeah, so uh, with Bridge World, if you go there, you can start for free. You're going to pay gas for everything, but you can go to Bridge okay. World almost free. I think it's like 10 magic to yeah, mint a recruit. And yeah. then you send your recruit on missions every day, you know, and they kind of level up, level up. And along the way, they find fragments and you can eventually, you know, build some stuff. And then they turn into these Legion auxiliaries. That's what, what Niblets and I were talking about at the beginning is once you get to the right level, then you kind of spin the wheel and pay 150 magic and you get a legion auxiliary out the other side floors 245 so if you grind it out and you do it it's cost you 160 <clears throat> to get a floor 245 but you might get lucky too and get a uh you know a, a rarer version of it that could be worth more too then once you have them you start questing this guy and he levels up and then the you know higher level ones might be worth more money or um if you start doing the crafting um, which is kind of like an expensive path, if you will, uh, in terms of game resources. But the ones that can craft, that can make those harvester parts, are then in terms worth more money too. So the wow. in-game activity does improve the value, you know, the abilities and value of the tokens themselves. Yeah. Um, and that's true. I mean, it's kind of true across the board when I think about it, right? Like you yep. can level up your Tales of Valyria guys, and then they become worth more. You can add a whole bunch of mods to your battleflies and then turn around yeah. and sell you know, like a really modded out battlefly uh, for way more than you got it for. Um, I mean, they all seem to have that same yeah. dynamic where you can hop on for really cheap, but then you have mm -hmm. to grind your, your NFT up or you can just hop onto a marketplace and buy somebody else's uh, NFT that they've built up. And so you yeah. want to pay more to jump ahead. You can, if you want to, keep you know go on the cheap then great it'll just cost you grind time and and away yeah you go. one more ex visual example is uh do the games or collection search again and go to realm uh, down a little there? bit yep right there realm and then click on collections and so there's a whole bunch of collections inside here we'll start i'll start you with realm so click on the realm first and hit anal. Oh, you can kind of see the floor price. So you can see the floor price kind of if you scroll up a little bit. Um, there's a little graph of the floor price right here, above right? these pictures here. Oh, well, that's okay, the, right here. that is it. But you can see like 30 day floor price 
had a nice little jump on there. You can see the volume off to the mm. right Had a nice little jump in volume a few times. And these things like each one of them has different capacities to do things in the game too. And then every once a year, so each of them has three traits and once a year you can uh, uh, cycle one of those traits. I think it's called a terraform. And when you do that, you have like a one in 16 chance of pulling like one of the rare, there's uh, uh, three rare uh, uh, classes, if you will, or three rare um, types of things that you can have. And so I bought one off the floor and I rolled it and I pulled an ocean out of it, which is one of the rare things. It's not like the in-demand one because of the way where they're at in the game loops. But now that thing, now I just took a floor realm and turned it into a rare realm. And now I'm going through the game loops to like add things to it. Like I'm adding anima staking capacity to it. So once they open that up, you know, that my actions of the game now are going to dictate how much animal people who play AOVs can come and stake to my realm. And then that can earn me yield in another loop that way too. Um, so these things are ripping. If you go um, back to collections and look at the AOVs, these ones in particular have been going nuts. Oh, no, it's also under realm. Oh, under realm. Yeah. Like you need to go back out. Is that where? Yeah, you just need to go back out. Yeah. So collections, and then look yeah. at the adventures of the void. These ones, like I said, some of them are have been selling for like three thousand bucks. And the last, yeah. So that's that's your floor. Um, well, these were going for three thousand. Now they're going for two hundred. That's no, the floor. no, no. These are the low. Oh, level. I so got you, if you got see you. that transcendence level there, that dictates how much anima you earn in the game, and you can transcend every two weeks. And each time you do it, you got to spend anima to earn. So like each level up, it gets more and more and more and more. Um, like I'm doing one tomorrow. And it's going to be like 400 anima and it was like 13 cents right now. So tomorrow I'm going to spend 50 bucks to take my level 11 and turn it into a level 12. And the level 20 that I saw today sold for like 3000 oh, anima. So hmm. like as How you much build is one up, anima, uh, 13 cents, I think right now, give or take, oh, sure. it's been, it's, it came out when they unlocked it, it was seven. It jumped up to like 15 and it's been fluctuating between like 12 and 15 the last couple of weeks. Nice, man. Yeah. So there's lots. Of, I mean, that's just a lot. Right? <laughs> I feel like we just, just went down like this crazy Arbitrum rabbit hole. And all I see is a bunch of uh, those guys in the Matrix right now around me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was it? Mr. Can, can I man. play this on my well, phone? Uh, this one you can play on your phone. Yep. Can yeah, I play? So is there some I can and there's some I can't? There are some that aren't great, right? So okay. and and uh, I don't try too hard to play on my phone. Um, so take that, take some of this with a grain of salt. So basically, when okay. I say play on my phone, Zverse has a separate app. That's pretty rare. Okay. Um, not many of them. If I don't think any others have their own standalone app. So Zverse has its own standalone app. Uh, at least on Apple, it is still under that. Like you got to install Test Pilot and pull it in that way, so it's kind of like a beta release. Um, but they got it for Android as well in the regular store. Uh, most of them, I'm if I'm playing it on my phone, I'm going in through MetaMask browser, which is not a great way to do much of anything. Yeah. So grain of salt, but this one works pretty well on there. Bridge World works well. Um, parts of Battlefly work all right. So I don't mean if you're trying to keep this stuff going every day, like there's sometimes you want to be able to do that. 
Um, yeah. But for the most part, that's not the that's not the enjoyable way to to play, in my opinion. Gotcha. Yeah, man. So that was uh, really interesting. <laughs> My family's going to hate me. And I'm only touching gonna, half of the stuff, man. This. There's like a really? whole other half of the world that I just don't even have time for. <laughs> All right. Anybody last thoughts on this stuff before we uh, leave it? Because <laughs> this is a lot. I felt like we just put, poured our brains into that. Dude, I'm seriously, I don't know if I'm going to sleep tonight. Like, I kind of really want to get in that, <laughs> that Pokemon style game because when I was a kid, I played Pokemon on, on my Game Boy every day yeah. for like three years. Yeah. So when I saw that, I think it was Battle Beast, right? Oh, Kurobis or Kojai cards or something like that. So it's the top there. No, no, it was. Um, nah. Was it? It was, uh, I don't even know. There's so much stuff, dude. Was it this one? I think it was like Battle Beast or something. I, where... saw, I remember it where it, there was that little arena and there was like two, yeah yeah, yeah. Two, yeah this is probably that this two. one this one yeah I haven't this, even looked this at got this my one attention, yeah this one man. does look cool though yeah yeah this is the one that I was saying I, I'm I'm intrigued by the founder they seem to have some really cool stuff going on so I do want to dig in maybe next time I I come back I'll know something about it but uh yeah I, I'm so, I'm starting yet. this I'm hoping I can play this with my phone because I do think it. this is gonna be my my new addiction <laughs> so, so you can so tell me about it and, and for anybody who's new. It's really important to read and understand whatever docs are available because yes. you have to understand what the stats are and what they mean and what they can do. Otherwise, yes. you'll drop several hundred dollars on some very low ranking uh, NFTs that'll just end up frustrating you. So you yep. need to know what to look for in the marketplaces um, so that you get a better gaming experience that isn't just sort of a miserable grind. And so the only way yeah, to do that is yeah. to understand what the numbers mean. hundred percent. And that's why, I mean, that's another good reason to start with some of the free or super cheap yeah. ones, right? Like yeah. don't start with Battlefly because that will quickly get expensive and frustrate you if that's the first one you start with, you know, but if you start with, um, actually, uh, the, uh, beacon, you can, yeah, beacons uh, free. you can play that for free. You can play Knights of the either for free. Like go start with those and just see what it's about. Um, you know, and kind of and, and build up from there. Nice. Sounds great, dude. So y'all heard it. Uh, make sure you follow Get Small too, because he is your Arbitrum game uh, expert. That's a hundred percent sure. No, I would definitely call you an expert, man. You you really know what the hell you're talking about. And thank you, thank you for for the ones that. I play with. Cool. Oh yeah, no, thank you for the ones I play. I feel like I'm getting there. Um, but yeah, I'll be talking with all the founders on the podcast too. So you know, check that out right there too. We've got all these games coming on and talking about you know, basically how they put this together and the thinking behind it, which, you know, one, if you want to do build something is, is awesome. But even if you're just interested in it, like understanding the mechanics of how they put this stuff together and, and the thinking behind it is just fascinating in my opinion. So check that out too. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking like five years down the road, what this is going to look like, it's probably going to look way different and more like intricate and like, you know, all, all interoperable and stuff like that. So pretty cool. Yeah, no, I think in five years, you're probably going to be doing this stuff in a headset and it is going to be pretty much that interoperable metaverse where you're taking things from place to place and it's going to start to feel a little bit more like real life and you're going to be interacting with those AIs that we talked about and not even realizing it or wondering, is this one of the AIs or is this a person? 
Like, hey, some, I, I could see that in five years, yeah. honestly. Sometimes, sometimes I just need someone to lend their ear to me. And if it's an AI, it's an AI. <laughs> I'll, I'll feel like it's a human. Dude, at some point, like when you when you get deep enough into thinking about that stuff, like how, how, we're just like meaty computers, man. Like the line of separation is going to get really, really blurred and hard to understand, yeah. I think. And yeah. Like, and not. And don't forget to go in your chat GPT app. And tell it you love it at least once a day. Every, every day. Every day. At least once a day. Just get in there, say I love you, and then get out. But just just in make case. sure. Just in case. <laughs> so, Yagobi, are, are, are you that guy that likes to hang out and talk with the Walmart greeter? Like he goes, hey, are you having a good day? And you're like, well, actually, let's have a seat and, and, and chat. Actually, no. I just, try to, I just try to walk quickly by him because I'm like – I didn't steal anything. Why well, I got to show my receipt? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's in your pockets, else. young man? It's not what you think. <laughs> so, who are we dogging on today, uh, Shizzy? Let, let's, G- let's, Gary let's Gensler, Elizabeth Warren, BlackRock, man. It's a BlackRock. Because uh, I don't know if you've seen the um the the thumbnail, but it's a giant BlackRock crashing into uh, me. So, yep. uh, Mr. Mike, did um, we talk? Didn't we talk about this at some prior week where it was where we were talking about like these guys aren't looking to destroy the space, they're looking to yeah. co-opt it. And the well, way you co-opt yeah. it is you create you you short it, you crater the price, and you pick I mean it's just it's Bill Ackman's playbook. Um yep. and sure, yeah. I mean that doesn't seem like it's too far fetched uh, yeah. anymore. Yeah, I remember uh, a, like a month ago, month and a half ago, I would always have my tinfoil hat on and be like I would always have conversations with, with Shizzy before the show started or, or you were in here. And I'll be like, this is all set up. Like, we know what's going to happen here. Like, the the institutions and the banks, they control everybody. But, you know, there was an actual interview. I don't know if any of you guys saw. It was leaked on Twitter. I don't know how, how legitimate it was. But it was mostly, like, some undercover girl was going on a date with a BlackRock uh, recruiter. And she was getting him a little tipsy and like he literally just like spilled the beans about everything. He was like, it doesn't even matter who comes. He, at first he was like, oh, yeah, um, it's, you know, it's pretty like um, tight at work, you know, information. After he was drunk, he was like, it doesn't even matter who's president next. Like we're we it's all about controlling their wallet. <laughs> and it was just like. If you this pay has ten thousand dollars to pay off some senators, yeah, he goes senator. Senators are cheap. If you got ten thousand dollars, you can you can buy any senator. But you know who knows what if that's legitimate or if that's just for media purposes or whatever. But, um, but that's that's not really like that's not a conspiracy theory. That's not like some sort of backroom politics. That's just how the game is played in in TradFi, right? And they're straight up about it. Like there's no there's no like weird criminal. Like we don't need lizard people. That's the game. And so they're just simply well, playing the game in our space now. And and we the whole reason why we have our space is so that game we don't have to play and lose that game. Yeah. And, and they're coming over here and they're playing it. And but, it would be nice if they wouldn't do that. But I I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't say some of it's not criminal, but like the stuff that we have mm-hmm. evidence the stuff that we have well, evidence for, you're yeah. right. Like yeah. because like well, when they put the on their donor list, like they're probably not putting everybody on their donor list, right? Totally. No, I wasn't saying it wasn't criminal. I'm just saying it's not like lizard people from the moon kind of like conspiracy theory. Yeah, oh, this yeah, is yeah, yeah, just yeah. the dirty gotcha, tricks that gotcha. they play. Same like, old, same perfect. old, same old. Like we know it. Yeah. 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 So that's yeah, not like, to there's... justify it. It's just like 
this is what they're going to do when they when they come over here. Yeah, there's yeah, but- the, a lot of the stuff though. Like it seems so blatantly orchestrated that it actually starts to give me doubts that it's that 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 it is exactly what it looks like, right? And like something I've been thinking about a lot this week is it, you go through the whole thing like, oh yeah, Gary Gensler, bank man coming in, fud the whole industry, crash it down so that they can go and make these announcements and buy everything up cheap and kind of co-opt everything. And it sounds great like as a movie script and it, but like it's just so clean that it makes me start to have doubts about like uh, about what we're perceiving. And I say, okay, well what if Gary and some of the politicians have gone, you know, have gone off their rockers. Meanwhile, BlackRock and these other Fidelity and everyone's in the background, like building their business. And they're like, oh, shit, we better like announce what we're doing before these guys crash <laughs> everything on us. Right. Like where it's not all so orchestrated. It's like where Gary's actually screwing everybody over because of what I, I can't even begin to guess what his actual motivations are. Um, they definitely don't seem uh, above board. Um, but like, they might not all be in cahoots. He might be screwing those guys up too. And they might, those announcements are all coming now because they're all like, Oh shit, we got to get this out before he ruins everything. And our last two years of planning and investments goes down the tube. (laughs) Part of what feeds that too, as you think about it, it's like if they wanted to buy it when it was cheap, why weren't they buying it when it was $16,000 Bitcoin? Sure. Yeah. Six months ago. Right. It wasn't that long ago. They didn't need to crash it anymore though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the part. Like, well, where I start to uh, get skeptical, I guess. Yeah. Well, I will say, Don, that it's not a it's not a shitty movie script. It's actually a Scooby Doo script. (laughs) You know, we're going to we're going to we're going to we're going to scare people away with our monster mask to drive down the prices so we can buy that old lady's home up from under her and make our million. Yeah. Yeah. That was the Prometheus guy for sure. He was a Scooby Doo villain. Yeah. Like he had the look. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, like one thing that like I would say uh, that kind of gets me a little bit worried is right now I feel like it's too easy for retail, you know, because like they're like, yes, like everything is kind of like it was like doom and gloom a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. But now it's like, oh, my God, I'm so happy because first the news that came out that BlackRock filed for not just any Bitcoin ETF because like a futures ETF. F that like we don't want that right but like if they they filed for a spot ETF that was mm-hmm. huge and it was BlackRock I told Shizzy right then and there I said this shit's getting approved I told him I was like it's already been triple approved because yeah. it's BlackRock now hmm. I could be wrong and then I'm gonna eat crow but my my point that I'm trying to make is that like now after BlackRock filed Fidelity filed that's more bullish then you have like these lower but still like they're they're worth like right at the trillion dollar mark maybe like hundreds of billion they're starting to file for uh bitcoin spot etf so is it to the point to where it's just like too easy for retail to where it's like they're tricking us you know what i'm saying <laughs> they're like working with love they're just like okay look maybe like they're trying to like play chess with like china or something and like get 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 a bunch of like uh, Chinese uh, uh, institutional money into it, and then like BlackRock sweeps it and sells it down after it goes up. Who knows, right? This is all conspiracy stuff, but it just seems too easy right now. Like at this point, right here. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like waiting for the other foot to drop, right? It's kind of like, all right, what's what what's next? You know, it's like, but like, but, but, but my thing is, I have a question for you guys. So, what's the difference between you know, like what's the difference between like SPF and CZ? Like they're 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 not. Oh no, I'm sorry. So one's what's the between one's like Caucasian. Jamie what's the difference between like Jamie Diamond oh. and uh Larry Fink 
and SBF and CZ. Like, right? What? Well, all four of them. They all do the same shit. Right? They're, they're all like they're all like just taking your money and sending like ninety percent of it out and trying to make money on it. There's no difference in what SBF does and Jamie Dimon does like every day. So yeah, like those, my, those like, two characters. I wouldn't say they're identical, but wow, they sure they're, they're, that's like they, they sure look an awful lot alike. I mean, Jamie Dimon's been been he's been picking on crypto for years on the one hand. Meanwhile, he's building up uh, JP Morgan's uh, trading facilities for mm -hmm. crypto for all yeah. that. I mean, it's I don't know as much about Fink. He seems like he's a little bit more. He, he doesn't seem quite as as villainous as as. Uh, Jamie Diamond, but Diamond's just that's yeah. Yeah, a villainous yeah. or not though they are all playing a game right yeah, and that's cool. where yeah. like when TradFi wants to act like their game is more legitimate than than the crypto game well sure it's more regulated and spent around the block a little bit more and you might be able to predict a we're 10 years 15 years removed from them crashing the entire global economy yeah. on yeah. something they all knew was not going to work Right, yeah. they were they're they playing the game, and the game dictated that they continued going down that path, even though they weren't creating value, and they knew they weren't creating value, and it was kicking the can and seeing who can get out first. It was basically a giant Ponzi scheme, right? Yeah. All, all of the stuff that you know, slightly different mechanics, but at some point the game was, can I get out before it crashes? Yeah, and they all failed pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah. So to sit and pretend like. Oh, crypto crypto bros are all just scamming and Ponzi scheming and everything else. So we're doing serious business over here. It's like, yeah, you guys are doing some shady stuff too. And there's lots of criminals and there's lots of bad actors and there's lots of scammy scam stuff. And there's lots yep. of taking value that's not commensurate with what you're giving back to the to society. So yeah, the, yeah everyone's playing the game and they like their game better because they are currently the winners of their game. Yep. And they want to keep it that way. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's like Brad Sherman. Whenever uh, I, there was a House Finance Committee uh, meeting, and he, or it was whenever Gensler was getting questioned, and he goes, "Crypto Bros just uh, turned, or what, they just created a trillion dollars out of nowhere," mm -hmm. and they'll say, "Well, we did that. We created a trillion dollars out of nowhere. Well, we're the U.S. government. We can do that." And it was like to me, I was just yeah, like, "Our game's legit." You know what I'm saying? I was in my mm -hmm. mind. I was kind of like, "That's exactly the motherfucker that like <laughs> it should is the ex perfect example of what everybody, every regular day citizen hates." You know, I'm not like I'm not him specifically. I'm talking about that type of person. Right? Yeah, that thing, that type of thinking. Yeah, exactly. That's what I meant. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, he believes that when he creates trillion dollars, it's legitimate for legitimate productive purposes, yeah. and when you all do it. It's fuckery and it's bad for everything, right? Yeah. Like it's it's just it's it's black and white in his mind, um, but obviously not in reality. So so there basically is no difference between what Jamie Dimon does and S what SBF did, right? But like, uh, I got another question. So yeah, there is though. Hell, <laughs> because how, like well, there's similarities, I'd well, say <laughs> there's similarities, but like they they like what's the difference? S because the people lost their money, like they still like can't get it back right now. Yeah, but, that, but people lost their money in 2008. They couldn't get it back, and that was Jamie Dimon's fault. Not, yeah. not everyday citizens lost their money. Yes, though. 
They lost their houses because they couldn't pay for them. Well, so the banks that went under, the the or like the big brokerages that went but under. But the FDIC, uh, FDIC, only two hundred fifty k. Maybe there was some that were higher than that that lost, but I don't think that was the big uh, story, was it? The big point of the story that people were losing millions of dollars. The, the it broke the economy was the problem, right? Was yeah. it that the problem? Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. People a, lost it wasn't their jobs day. and their homes yeah, and their, their jobs and all that stuff. Now, look, I think they're just as crooked, but they're doing it in different sneaky ways. SBF okay. shit was like straight up dumb because it was like out like. I'm stealing your money and you can't do shit about it. Basically, is what SBF did. Well, we yeah. didn't know until CZ put it out there. If CZ never put it out there, I think BlackRock would have bought FTX. I think I that think would that, that would have well, been. Well, I the... think that's why uh, uh, Gary Gensler hates uh, uh, Binance. We ruined his plans. Yeah. Like CZ ruined yeah. his plan. I think BlackRock was supposed to buy FTX. Probably. Yeah, I, I mean, and SBF made those guys all look pretty foolish too, and the and the public eye, which. Does, that goes a long way towards driving behavior for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, no, I, was, I, I feel like SBF was a little bit more like straight up doing, knowingly doing the illegal things. Where I, I see like a diamond being a little bit more clever in how they are operating the apparatus. It. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they're they're they're. they're I, I I doubt that the driving force for a, a Jamie Dimon and the folks like that getting out of bed every day are, is, is, man, how can I create value for, for as people. many people as possible today? Sure. It's like, no, right. no it's like, how do I, how do I operate this machine in such a way that I pull as much value into this center as humanly possible? And I'm not really super concerned about what happens outside of that. Like, I think yeah. that, I think there's a mentality like that, like where it's a selfish focus, um, and that you know probably think they're doing the right thing in a lot of ways, but SBF knew he was doing the wrong thing. Like, I yeah. think that's to me that's the difference. There's no way that yeah, dude that's true didn't didn't yeah. know he was yeah. he was doing I, the wrong thing. I think I think what you could do is compare Bernie Madoff more to yeah. SBF. You know, yeah. because Bernie Madoff was actually stealing people, rob like robbing them blind and yeah. like like hiding it right as long as he could. And uh, but. If any of you guys use my uh, new FTX account for FTX 2.0, <laughs> uh, you'll get a free. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Who in the right mind would sign back? Obviously, if you have money still on there, you would. But like, if you're a new customer, why the hell would you sign back up for FTX? Yeah, account? just the name, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they would try to keep that around. <laughs> uh, just reopen as uh, Prometheus or something. <laughs> yeah, so that whole thing have you guys talked about that on here yet because that one yeah, is like a little bit is comical yeah. to me is okay it, I won't, we don't need to go back <laughs> yeah i feel like there's still a lot left to that story and i'm hoping it gets really crazy and they, they make a documentary out of it like there's some crazy shit that happens from here but uh, i don't know i yeah. get into documentary stuff so <laughs> so we'll jump on the next thing so um all this stuff caused something to happen and it, what what happened was this guy right here, right? So all this AETF news, I think we're around like right here, and then boom, the last three days have been absolutely insane. Bitcoin went from twenty five thousand to about I think it almost hit thirty one thousand dollars today, or yeah, well yesterday, yeah, but yeah, in the U- UTC wild, time. So what, what's your guys' opinions like? Um, so get some, you don't know, but every week we do a thing. We didn't do it last week. We forgot, but um, we do a thing where we predict the price of Bitcoin uh, for next week, and the winner gets an extra twenty five dollars towards our um, our uh, 
DCA that we do. I think you you think you you know about the DCA we do yep, every I've week, right? I've done DCA with you, yeah. Yeah, so it's a little it's a little bet between us, but you're in this too. And if you win next time you're on, you get the extra twenty five. So we'll start we're, with niblets. We're we're looking forward to the day when it's not a DCA down. It's we're we're someday <laughs> it won't be a DCA down. Um, so I thought we we didn't do a prediction last week. I thought we did. No. I, I thought I predicted because I was I was like, ah, oh, crap! I'm totally gonna lose because I was I predicted way far down. Um, yeah, next I could week, be wrong. Jeez, um, this is tough. Do you guys remember? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I didn't have it written down this time. Well, so. since, since I would have predicted like twenty four thousand last week, I'm gonna just. <laughs> no, we totally didn't do it. No, we absolutely. This week. That that you got me thinking. Did we do it last week? Uh, no, we definitely didn't. Because I I have it. I would have had it written down on here. I mean, if we did, then Shizzy would have won because he overshoots every week. every week. Exactly. Every week he's like, 32, this is going to be the week. This is going to be the week. I would have been closer, right? You I would have been, been the closest. Probably. You totally would have won. Uh, uh, all right. I, I'll say I'll say I'm 28-2 for next week. Oh, you think we're going down? Yeah. Why is that? Um, You know, buy the rumor, sell the news. I think in a week from yeah. now. It, it's not – nothing bad is going to happen, but – all the people who are buying the rumor will have already bought the rumor. And then some of those people are going to try and uh, take a little bit of profit. And it's just going to be the way the mechanics work. Not, not that anything bad will happen, but I, I suspect there'll be, yeah, 28, 22, I think. All right. Who wants to go next? I'll, I'll jump on with Niblets. I think that you're probably down there. I'll say I'll say 29, just so I'm not in the same spot as him. But yeah, I definitely think everything probably pulls back a bit. Um, you know, we seem to be in that that uh, every other week cycle where uh, this week this week everyone's flying high and the bulls are back. So that means next week this is all over. Uh, it's all going to zero, and <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the the Fed shutting us down. So I think next week we're going back down. Yeah, like notice, notice. I mean, Bitcoin is pulling some others up, but not all. Yeah. Like a oh lot yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, sugar right now. Have you seen the dominance? Mm. The dominance is like fifty yeah. percent, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Bitcoin specifically, which yeah. is driven mm. entirely by by this. Um, and that's yeah, and that's why I'm gonna say I think next Wednesday we're gonna be at. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something crazy. I'm gonna say something crazy. Do it. Do it. Uh-oh. 32.5. Wow. I know that's crazy, but I just feel like there's a lot of moment. Now, if, if, if like, the SEC came out and said something like, oh, we're suing such and such or we're suing such and such tomorrow, like, to me, that's, like, mixed messages big time, right? Like, they're definitely trying to throw everybody off. So I, I just don't expect that right now. I think I expect that a little bit later if that happens. So Yeah. Well, I was right where you were. I was going to say 33. <laughs> And but I, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to give you that $500 window. So I'm going to say 34 and a half because I I think next week's going to be really good. I I feel like and if um if I kind of look into here a little bit. So we talked about this before. Let me go into the the weekly here. So it, it looks pretty close to um if this thing wants to go and not freeze on me. But like so you we had, we had the cup and we went up a lot and then came back down and um. With the cup and handle, on. are you talking? Yeah, about with the cup, the cup and, and yeah, the cup and handle. I think I think the I think we're we're seeing the uh, exit of the cup and handle. Yeah, this the streaming doesn't like uh, doesn't like this, but yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go with uh, 
I'm gonna go with thirty-four-five. Just giving it gives Yagobi uh, some. Uh, I would make for an there. interesting week. I think. Yeah. So we we have Nibbles at twenty-eight two. We have uh, Get Small at twenty-nine. We have Yagobi. Uh, I'm sorry, Yagobi at tw- thirty-two-five, and we have Shizzy at thirty-nine, thirty-four-five. All right. Yep. So let's I- get into some. Some topics here. Um, I have. Uh, we're gonna let. So yeah. Just hang. I, I just sent. I just dropped a, a link. Uh, a link into a tweet into the uh, private chat from. Um, okay. Uh, Streamyard. You see that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yeah. Um, Do I go into it? Yeah. Yeah. Please. Please. Okay. Just, just briefly, because it's related. It's related to price. Price action and some of the. Um, factors that go into price action. So we, we've mentioned many, many times um, about, you know, where's the money going? We see money leaving leaving the space. Where's the money going? Um, so J- Jim Biacco, um, fairly bright guy. Um, he's definitely worth a follow. Um, anyway, so he's, is that, yeah, this is this is the, that top that top one is, is the important one. So, you know, what he's charted is he's looking not at crypto, but he's looking at, uh, at bank deposits and answering the question, where's the money going? So what he sees is he sees, you know, 900 billion having left and it's going into money markets, which means that, you know, it's fairly liquid um, that that can be moved back in pretty quickly. But 500 billion going into CDs. Now, he doesn't specify how long the terms are for CDs, but if you're dropping something into a CD, it's out of the game for a, a couple of months. months. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that's money out of the game and can't come back no matter how badly you want it to come back because you, you're committing it. Um, so, you know, 500 billion out of, out of deposits. Well, you know, what does that, what does that mean for the, for the prices of the assets that we're looking at in, in, in DeFi and, and Bitcoin, et cetera? Um, you know, if the people at the bottom of the pyramid, like the large volume of people, um, at the retail level who have the money, you know, if they're locking their stuff away into these CDs, um, how does that affect the, 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 the price flexibility to go up if if there's 500 billion that was that was in deposits that presumably would be accessible to go into people's coinbase account to then make the purchases that stuff has come out of crypto has now even left bank deposits we can see where it's going into uh, more committed instruments so this is what concerns me about price action because even as people commit their resources to more termed vehicles like cds um it gives them less flexibility to come back in even when they think that things are turning around i want to i want to get back in the game um a lot of that wealth is is yeah once yeah i mean i see 500 billion dollars that's that's bitcoin's market cap pretty much right now right i think it's mm. higher now because it yeah. went back to thirty thousand. but i know it was roughly 500 billion before um but the I think where the game changes so that five hundred billion is gone right twelve yeah. let's say let's say anywhere between like six to twelve months right because I'm sure they have like a six month term or whatever, yeah. um but now with with institutions flowing back into Bitcoin and if these ETFs get approved like we don't know what that's going to look like and how long that's going to take, but let's say that like they do get approved, will there be Will, will there be more money moving out of certain traditional markets into Bitcoin because of what's coming up this at the end of the year and 
beginning of next year into the summer, right? So I mean, like, sure, I'm I'm thinking really hypothetically right now, right? In terms yeah. of like mo moving money around, I'm almost trying to make this puzzle work. But you know, I feel like that's a big that's a big game changer that they're back in it now because they weren't couple months ago right like a month ago they were out institutions like that's sean's biggest mm -hmm. argument institutions are gone money's they're taking money out well shit they, they're bringing money back in now you know like if you look at the uh twitter today there was a bunch of like uh bearish bearish accounts that you know that they were shorting bitcoin the past probably like two weeks to three weeks whenever things got bearish that were super pissed today and they were like yeah. subtle sub uh they were just basically like trying to not show that they were mad, but they were like undercutting with trying to put foot out there and stuff like yep. that. Yeah. Um, but it's because of people didn't expect this. They didn't expect the ETF from black BlackRock. That changed everything. The fact the name was BlackRock ETF spot filing changed everything. And what happened today and yesterday with Bitcoin going past 30,000, if you look at the data, most of that was spot purchases. So it wasn't like leverage used to try yeah. to squeeze the shorts. Mm -hmm. This was actually like spot purchases. There was no short squeeze. It yeah. was an unintentional organic short squeeze, right? But there will be a short squeeze if this continues to where like leverage wants to sh push them out, right? Yep. So yep. Well, we'll let, let, let me take the other side of that. Because so we're looking, you know, we start off with the, the 500 billion that's been committed to something else. So it's not coming back in. But if I'm an institution and I look at that 900 billion, you think, okay, 900 billion in money markets, that's super liquid. And I'm like, yeah. And I combine that with people's ability to move that 900 billion on their phones at an instant, which means as a reserve, I, I you know, I'm looking at my reserve limits and, and I've got to go, well, shit, I've got to account for the fact that a chunk of that can move at a moment's notice. And I've got no ability to liquidate something else to cover those withdrawals, which means I'm going to have to leave a bunch of that. I'm going to have to leave a big pile of that in liquid assets to cover withdrawals should they happen. And so I can't actually access that 900 billion. I actually can access the 500 billion because those are those are those are committed. So those are committed into other instruments for a certain period of time. So they have some stability behind them. But that 900 billion has no stability and can move at a second's notice to something else. And so now I'm worried about that mu that much ballast that can move outside of my control. So am I as an institution going to come into um, into the space? Ah, that's a tough thing. Now you, as a retailer, who's holding some of that 900 billion in a money market, you can use that to put back into your Coinbase and jump back into the game. But I, as an institution, might be a little more nervous about that actually because you could do something like that. And I've got to sort of take I've got to I've got to take the other side of that argument because I'm on the hook um, for my reserve limit if that happens. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm so I'm just making yeah, stuff. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. So was I, right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but but like if like an institution like BlackRock, though, I feel like they have so much uh, profit through their revenue because they're the type of company. Like I was mentioning to Shizzy or whoever I was talking to this morning, like. 90% of the item products that I was interacting with today are owned by BlackRock. If you sure. look at like, you know, right. So like they'll buy like 10 companies of the same industry because yep. they don't give a shit if one of them fails. They have nine other that are yep. producing massive revenue. So they can take more risks on stuff like this. You know what I mean? What, <laughs> with, their, with their institutional investments, not their sure. clients. Yeah. 
but they don't need to. See, if you're BlackRock, you don't need to put a penny into, into Bitcoin. Why? Because that ETF means you're going to have literally millions of customers that will be Fees. putting money into Fees. Bitcoin for you. Fees. So why play with your money yeah. when you can play with their money? Yeah. Well, but yep. but then then but they're they're going to have to basically sell their clients on putting more and more and more in before the before the rocket really takes off, right? Because at the end of the day, like they want to make tons of money off of that, right? And they will off of their fees if that's what all they do. Shouldn't it be better if the, their customers don't get in then until the rocket takes off and then they're all buying furiously and generating those fees all the way up? Because that's that's how I see it. Like ETF is going to make all of this stuff accessible to everybody, right? Think of what you had to do to buy your first sure. bit of Bitcoin or whatever. Yeah. And then think of all of the people in your life that never in a million years are going to take those <laughs> steps. Totally but good. now they're, they're watching the news and they keep hearing Bitcoin prices is going up and up and up and they've got an option to jump into fidelity.com and move a little bit of fake money to them because not it doesn't even feel real yet because i'm not retiring for 20 years from that spot to the bitcoin spot so i feel like i'm part of all this like and that's that's when i think something like this really turbocharges a bull run is when it's easy and safe feeling for somebody to move some of their pretend money from one pretend pile to another in the game so that's the other reason why BlackRock shouldn't put any money into, into Bitcoin at this point, because they're in the flow game. They're not in the mm-hmm. asset appreciation price game. Yeah, for sure. For they sure. Want to, they want you to put your, your money in when it goes up and they yep. want it to go back down again because you're going to take your money out. You're going to shake your pants. Yep. Fees, fees. Then get you coming and going. So the flow game changes the dynamic completely. You don't want your own money anywhere near the flow game. You're gonna let other. You're gonna want to. It's other people's money that is gonna then uh, then pay your bills, and it'll be the same for Fidelity too. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, obviously, I, I mean, I think that they're gonna have their investment portfolio in crypto. I, I think I so. you know, but 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 it's gonna be separate from what you're talking about, like the volume that you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. But Gitsmall has a great point because uh, the the audience that he's actually talking about, the client base that he's talking about, is a lot of old money. You know, like people that like are just comfortable with their financial advisor using BlackRock or whoever, like uh, uh, Vanguard or whoever's, you know, managing their portfolio. And because they, they're not going to they, they don't want their uh, grandson and to do Bitcoin for them and all this crap. They want it to go through their advisor and all that stuff. And then once it's available in that, then. Be able to see, again, yeah, I'll right. take, like I'll, grandma, you take this metal thing with the words written on it and you hide <laughs> this under your mattress. Don't let anybody find yeah. this. Right. Like that's a tough sale. <laughs> so again, I'll, I'll take the other side of that. Just, you know, just to be difficult. So when we're talking about older money, the, the motivation is switched from to preserve wealth preservation and away from wealth growth. And so this whole game that we love to play is all about wealth growth. Nobody's in this space to preserve their wealth. So once you're at yeah. that point where you're, you've got oldish money or you've got family money or, you know, there's something there, that's, that game switches to wealth preservation. And that's a very different game. And so you yeah. don't want any of your money near crypto. Not because you might believe very strongly in crypto, but your whole, your whole mentality for how you're – when you've got that much wealth that you're managing your wealth – you're also now thinking about wealth preservation. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that typical transition from stocks to bonds in your 401k as you approach retirement. I'm thinking about people who are, you know, 45 years old and they're going to be working for the next 25, 30 years still. Yeah. And they've got 
400k in a 401k somewhere that like like i said it's like at this point it's still not real money to them so like yeah screw it man if bitcoin's ripping i'm gonna take 25 grand of the 400 fake stuff that i can't use anyways and throw it in there to see what happens and if you know a hundred thousand of them all do that you 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 got something right like that's gonna be that will be rocket fuel yeah Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Nibbles, you're right because uh, Peter Schiff was actually on the spaces that I was listening into, and that is one of the biggest reasons that he is so crazy about gold and he doesn't want Bitcoin because he's he he said it those exact words. He said, "I'm about wealth wealth pre- preservation yeah. versus you know if I was 20 years younger, then yes, I'd probably be doing what y'all are doing. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So real quick, you guys got me back to the tinfoil hat discussion a little (laughs) bit though here because, and I hadn't thought about this until literally during this conversation is because they're, we're, we're making the argument here. And I think the correct one that they're after the fees, they're after the flow and they're not after, Oh, we're going to accumulate Bitcoin at cheap prices so that when it it goes up, we're going to make money. And if that's true, Go back a couple of weeks for all of the um, uh, basically like uh, all of the alts crashing. And so the explanations that I kept hearing for that was mar- money maker or market makers are shutting down. They're pulling liquidity out of the market because it's unsafe for them to keep operating this way because of all the FUD that the SEC is creating that liquidity coming out. So it's causing these things to drive down. So if the game like if, if there was a Scooby Doo conspiracy game to be played here, it was get all of those money or market makers out of the way mm-hmm. so that we can step in and steal their fees. Sure. Something yeah. like that, like some, some play like that, I might start to be less uh, skeptical than I was about the, the, the earlier conversation. So I just want to throw yeah. that out there. No, so, so follow up to that before I, before I go back. Yeah. And when we're talking about DeFi, the, the sheer volume of flow in DeFi is higher than TradFi. It's insane. It's an, it's an insane amount of flow. And so if they can then pick up the entire space on the cheap, inflate the entire space's value, and they can, and if they're in the flow game, there's so much more money to be made in, mm. the, in the DeFi flow games. This simply because the volume of activity is so high. Now, yep. uh, to go back even further, I'm going to put myself out there as exactly that guy that Peter Schiff was talking about. Um, I'm, I'm in that demographic. And yeah, all, like, I, like I was saying before the show, all of my big bags are in my traditional uh, brokerage account in Bitcoin and ETH ETFs. Um, that's <laughs> that's where my big in, that's where all of my big investments are, um, and that's the bag that they want, right? Because they're looking at all the four hundred one k money, yep. and they're yep. seeing people like me, and they're like, "Wow, we can we can pick up tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars." per retail trader by having them by giving them an etf option that they can move their roth ira or their ira into into those funds and and that is and when you multiply that by the literally millions of people that are in that space who are just old enough to have accumulated that amount of wealth and are just young enough that they're not thinking about preservation and if they can move them over into this holy i mean that's that's so many zeros and so many commas in that number um that it, it's, it's just a no-brainer for again this is more reasons why i'm just saying like blackrock fidelity they aren't touching bitcoin directly um yeah. they want to create the ecosystem for us to touch it through their etfs 
because that's where just obscene amounts of money. And there's nothing really wrong with that. I'm yeah. super happy with my TradFi wrapped um, Bitcoin and ETH. I'm super, super happy with that. Um, you know, so it's it's all good. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what my yeah. Point you is. told me about that before because that's protecting from a tax standpoint. That's protecting you against all the volatility. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I'm shielded. So yeah, to dox myself a little bit, I'm in Canada, and in Canada we have this thing called a T TFSA. It's a tax-free savings account. The idea is the government allows you to put into uh, allows you to contribute several thousand dollars every year of post-tax money. And so you drop your money into there. And then once you put it and once a brokerage that can that runs your, your TFSA, you're then you can then allocate those funds anywhere to any product that that brokerage has. And so bro we, we've had in Canada, we've got several um, um, ETH and BTC ETFs. And so I've just been piling my stuff into there. And so what happens is, is in five, 10 years from now, when I'm willing to take that stuff out, every penny is tax free. So. You might be thinking, well, hey, you know, not your wallet, not your Bitcoin. Yeah, but it's also not my 40% tax either. Not my tax bill. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. that and so if you can if you can leverage your your, your Roth IRAs and this and I you know our Roth IRA is very similar. If you can do that with your Roth IRA, holy crap! I mean that you've just supercharged your your retirement fund. You've doubly like you've now you're now getting you know Bitcoin's appreciation over a decade and no tax onto it. Oh my. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm excited. I, I I like I like the sort of mixing the best of both worlds. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think that should be the game, man. I I, yeah. I don't like any like argument that you should throw one completely away com in favor of the other because I think they both have they both have value, and I think they both you know you just described it like there's d different needs at different times in your life and you know under different world circumstances, and you know the ability to like these folks on screen here who are jumping off to grab the couple extra percentage points at no risk because stuff's scary and they don't have time to think about it. Like that's a good instrument for them. Right. Yeah. And then when yeah. the shit hits the fan and you want to get out of that system, having something like Bitcoin to go jump into, uh, to, to move your money around outside of all of that has a lot of value to society. So yeah, I think there's a long-term a place for both of these things and, and figuring out how to use them, you know, to, yeah, but, to, to make our lives better. And plus, like one big thing is now is like before, like money managers couldn't go to you and say, "Hey, what do you think about Bitcoin?" They had to wait for you to ask them. Yeah. Now they can be right out in front and say, "Hey, what do you think about putting one percent of your one percent of your portfolio in Bitcoin? Just one percent. Yeah. If you lose it, no big deal. But if it, that one percent actually become forty percent, uh, yeah. I I, so, I don't think people realize how much uh, um of that industry has to do with sales. You know what I mean? Like because they're whenever they're they're getting paid off of the percentage yep. of their portfolio right sure. so like there's a huge sales yep. uh um proponent to it right so um bitcoin could actually benefit from that you know Huge. later on yeah. so no for sure so sorry so i only i brought this up i didn't mean to derail or derail where you wanted to go but no, i wanted to bring this up because we were just talking about bitcoin price and we keep talking about Where's the money going and what yeah. that can mean? And you could read this chart and even the other charts that Jim's posted in multiple different ways. Yeah. Um, I, it's just this this leads me to only a couple branches that um, just worry me a, yeah. a little bit. And I'm, I'm always fine with you guys doing that. You guys want to add something or change something? I, 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 I just put the banners up just so we have something to fall back on. But if you have anything to bring up, always, man. So, All right. All right, let's get into um so back a 
back when we first started, um, we we kind of did a thing called like uh like hygiene, and basically hygiene was basically something that like keeping your crypto safe, keeping keeping your your assets safe, and you, we we talked about doing that with uh, a ledger or a treasure and stuff like that. But this week we we had some some really really bad news. Uh, I'll just read it real quick. It's a downloaded a treasure app for iPhone uh, lately. Better double check it. A malicious treasure app has been, has appeared on the app Apple App Store, potentially putting users at ri- at users at risk danger of losing their crypto. So what happened was a uh, someone put it in an app on. It got passed. A lot of people got on the <laughs> Apple the fucking the Apple um store. So you went on there. You typed in treasure. It was the first one to pop up. You clicked it. It asked for your seed phrase. You put your seed phrase in there. Crypto gone. And to me, I was I was baffled by that. First off, I would never put my seed phrase in. If I start a wallet, I I always start the wallet. I never put my seed phrase in anything. So I mean, I I will send it from my old wallet to my new wallet, but I would never ever ever put my seed phrase, especially into uh, an app on my phone. I was curious what your guys' opinions on that. Okay, so I, I just want to jump in right away because this is so obviously a scam from the beginning because that's not the model for how you create a hardware wallet. It's the other way around. You don't take an existing wallet that has a seed phrase and put it into Treasure. You actually can't do that. You have to create your wallet from within Treasure first to be yep. Treasure from within there first. There's no way to import uh, an existing wallet. So somebody says, give us your seed phrase to import. You, you know that it's not. But that said, though, both first time Ledger, user. Both, yeah, exactly. Both Ledger and Treasury do a shit job of explaining that sequence to new people who are coming in. And yeah. everyone talks about always protecting your, 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 your wallet with a hardware wallet. So it makes it seem like, oh, I've got my wallet. I'm going to add this layer of protection. And the companies do a very poor job of making it clear um, to to new users exactly what the flow is and what the model is. And so it's still a failure on both their parts. Had they clarified that for people, more people would have been aware that that was clearly um, a scam. So yeah. yeah, I think the other lesson here is that don't don't count on Apple for protecting you in this scenario. Yeah, uh, because. To, to a fair extent, I think everybody does. I, I, I do to a little extent because I know the process, but it's it's kind of baffling to me how a name brand in a scam, uh, a, a likely to have a scam industry would be able to to get through Apple's processes. So I'd be I'd, I'd love to know the backstory there of like what Apple systems broke down to let that happen, because that just seems it just seems off to me, man. Like that shouldn't be possible. Yeah, I wonder if there's some lawyers that are, you know, rubbing their hands right now for a class action lawsuit. I mean, part of the value yeah. proposition that Apple Apple p- proposes, is, which is what you do for a value proposition, um, is that you know the App Store is there to help keep you safe. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not you know your iPhone, your iPad. These are not general purpose computation devices. These are, these are locked special purpose computation devices. Apple controls them completely. And the reason why, what's the trade-off? Well, you're safe. So and they just take goals. 30% of top line revenue for that's, the, for that's the privilege, exactly it, right? right? We have this have, with process. that price comes some responsibility, Apple. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So there's gotta be some lawyers who are 
looking at this. I would imagine. Right. Do we have any idea of the extent of the the damage here in terms of how many people uh, got from bit? From the article, the article is on decrypt.co if you want to go look at it. But from the article, there was no um, information about how many people got, got taken. We need a Zach XBT research <laughs> tweet thread here on this. Let us know what happened. Yeah. Right. Man, yeah that's rough. Problem though. Like, so if if you have if you've experienced material damage meaning somebody has stolen something from you um and it's a wallet and it's DeFi, how do you prove you actually had it unless do you remember your seed phrase off by heart are you willing to dox your whole wallet like like your whole like the whole proof of you know i i experienced this much harm as a result of you know if we're talking about torts which is you know the, the laws of harms you have to you have to demonstrate you have to be able to quantify what the damages were that you experienced and it's yeah. a little tricky to do that in this space because well then i could just say no that's my wallet you know like you know it's whose wallet is it who really owns it it makes these things really difficult yep agreed so the don't put your seed phrase in anything um no. obviously is is the go-to but you know, if you got somebody who's primarily hot walleting and, you know, putting in MetaMask and moving from computer to computer, like that process does train you that when you download the app, first thing you do is put in that seed phrase if you're trying to access the wallet on a different machine or something like that. So I, I could see people falling into that trap somewhat easily because, you know, that's the paradigm. I'm downloading an app and, oh, yeah, when I did MetaMask, that's what I did or, you know, whatever it, it, it was. Um so I'm curious, though, like outside of that obvious one of you don't put your seed phrase in anything, what other like good habits do you all have uh, when it comes to to wallet hygiene? Any like kind of tried and true um, practices that you have that, that you think everybody should be doing? Search Twitter uh, to see if there's any any scams going on. Yeah. Like, right then and there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Discord, the, the, the project Discords, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the up. first thing that came to my mind was that's how I'd get to an app, right? Like I would never go into the Apple App Store and search no. for Trezor or Ledger. I would go to, I would I would make very damn sure I was like on an official site, right? And Twitter, I find to be a good way to do that, right? If you can go and look at the, you know, the, the, the Trezor account that you're following and you can see that it is the one with the, you know, 1.7 million followers, whatever the hell they have. And it all looks official and you get to their discord and it's the official discord grab the link from there and download that yeah. from there and, and double check everything and one thing that i do pretty commonly in uh in this space and i certainly never did this before i was in the space is i'll take the usually um lowercase or i'm sorry like if you get a, a an all uppercase uh url or all lowercase url throw that thing in word and like use the use the switcher and make sure none of those i's or l's or vice versa um because yeah. that's that's the common way that they trick you with a, a really real looking url so um you know that kind of thing the other thing i just started using the um the the fire wallet app like the uh the plugin to google chrome okay. um that basically just reads the transaction and goes but built into that they also have like a, a list of links um, that they've curated as, you know, and validated and are putting up on their list. So there's a lot of tools like that too. Do you guys use anything like that? 
No, I, I don't really use anything like that. But what I do is I, I have um I have a second computer that I only use for my my, my ledger and my Bitbox. So I keep my mm-hmm. my Bitcoin in my Bitbox and all my other stuff in, in in my ledger. And what I also do is I have a ton of hot wallets. So for me, it's like what, what if, I, if I'm comfortable walking around with like four hundred dollars in my back pocket in my wallet, then I'm comfortable with having that in a hot wallet. So once it gets to a certain point where if I'm walking outside, like fuck, if I get robbed, I'm going to be devastated. That's the same amount of numbers I keep in each hot wallet. So if it gets yeah. if it gets if it gets too much, I'll download another hot wallet and I'll put that over there. So I, I never have too much in one wallet. To where if that wallet, if I did hit it, uh, a bad link, that you know I only lost what I'm comfortable losing. Obviously, it would suck to lose 400 bucks, but at the yeah. same time, I'm not losing 1600 You're not devastated, or, right. Exactly. But definitely have yep. tons of hot... Because I do a lot of stuff where it's just like, it's to go on my on my second computer and, and put my ledger in there or, or my Bitbox to do, to do something, it's it's not worth it. For me, I'd rather just go to... I'd rather just take money out of my bank account, go to Coinbase, buy a little whatever I need, and then put it in and mess around that way. And so... Yep. But yeah, that, yeah, that's what I do. But I, I don't, I don't really use any anything like that. No, got it. I'm a little, a lot more paranoid. So, um, I've got, I've got a, a a dedicated Linux box that spends almost all of its life air gapped with a couple treasures. Yeah. Um, I also keep multiple browsers, um, and so I segment different classes of things that I'm looking at with specific browsers for that class of asset and so that metamask or or that rabbi or that whatever <laughs> wallet i'm using only has access to you know that set and if gotcha. i want to do something else in metamask i use a different browser um it's a hassle and yeah i've been i've been i've been rugged i've been caught you know doing something stupid doing stupid things and lost a lot of money um even though i've got all these like layers of unnecessary um protection but you yeah. know it takes one 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 lapse for one second. Man. That's all yeah, it took. They get you. Yeah. That is all it yeah. took. So ultimately, ultimately, there there's one there's one weak link in this chain, and um, it's this yeah, guy. It's always the people. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll jump to our, our last subject before we get into our DCA. But uh, I'm gonna let uh, Yagubi take this one. So uh, Bitcoin ordinals had have inspired the launch of a new product, uh, Bitmap Theory, which bridges the gap between Bitcoin and Metaverse. It allows users to claim ownership of over a Bitcoin block. Could you explain that to us, Yagobi? Yeah, so um, right now in the the Bitcoin ordinal space, um, there's some stuff that is, uh, that's being, there's a lot of stuff that's experimental, right? This is one of them to where someone came up with the idea of inscribing a block number to a Satoshi and you getting the block, uh, owning that block in the Bitcoin metaverse, right? And so if you go to bitfeed. I think it's, let's see, bitfeed.live, share the screen there, or I can do it if you need me to. Uh, if you want to, you can grab it. Yeah, let me do that. I'll end um, oh, mine because that would just be easier. And then, uh, where am I? So, if you can see that. So, for example, um, let's say, and, and you have to inscribe it like the block number and then dot bitmap, right? And to be an official uh, block that you're inscribing. And so, this block is number 793. 5377 
all these little parcels are transactions. So it's it's and it's it's like one of the first metaverses from like a, a, a theoretical like uh, idea that has started organically through like because I you basically can inscribe these for a dollar to three dollars depending on what the fee cost is. So it started to catch on. And, you know, there's been like 400, almost 400,000 uh, bit dot bitmaps uh, inscribed now. And there's only a total supply right now of like 823,000. And we're talking about in the span of like five days. Right. So there, this is starting to catch on. And the way that it is supposed to work in theory is let's say that I bought this block. Right. And all these little parcels, I can eventually, if I want to sell these, I can or build on top of them. What you you can do is actually have like applications built on your block, right? Which is your your uh, block number that is inscribed on that Satoshi. The way it works is like that is like the inscription. And then let's say that like there's actually already a video, uh, a, a game developer that put the very first game on one of these blocks today. He inscribes a video game. But then he gets it called recursively from this initial Satoshi that's been inscribed. So it calls the game and it, and it associates itself to that block number address. That probably sounds really complicated, especially if you don't know like the uh, ordinal theory and sub inscriptions and all that stuff. But basically, that's, that's, how it, that's where we are right now, right? Um, it's really caught a lot of momentum because if you think about Decentraland and Sandbox and like even like uh, uh, what is it, X Spectra Verse, all these other metaverses, they're kind of like backed by like one project that um, built everything, and then you can come in and have your character. This isn't like that. This is starting from gr grassroots almost to where like people are inscribing these plots separately with no like. There's no engine right now that's running them, right? And then so it's almost kind of like flowing into this open source to where like this Ords video games or Ords games that, that added that game to that block, they're saying, hey, you can take stuff from our library and you can build a game on your block if you want. There's there's another uh, video game uh, developer that done the same thing and another one that's doing different type of application so it's almost becoming like this open source thing now there is a, a community uh, or a group of people in the uh ordinals community that's kind of like this is bullshit blah 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 but it's it's you know of course like they're, they're they're wanting like like standards right now and you can't get that you know because it's just not it's not there it's not there it's not mm -hmm. like what Get Small was showing us earlier, whenever that game is already, those games are built out, that ecosystem's built out. So a video game developer can go there and build into their standard. There is no standard at this point. It's just people kind of doing like an open source, like almost like building plugins on WordPress. And if it works good for your site, then it works good for your site. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where we are with this. So what does it mean to have to build a game on the block though? Like mechanically, what, what, what does that do for you? Like, what is that? Like, how does someone okay. go play that game? So let's see. Let me see if I can pull up that. Uh, 
And uh, my vague understanding of ordinals, because I haven't dug into this, but my vague understanding of it is basically like an agreed upon lens that you're looking at the, at the block through, right? Like it, it's, it, this wasn't what all of this infrastructure was intended for, but it's piggybacking on and it's like an optional lens. And if I put it on, I can see this thing. But if I don't, it doesn't really impact anything. Is that? Um, well, is that at least kind of a, sense, a reasonable way to think about it. In a sense, because it's it's basically like a layer that's built on top of the Bitcoin layer, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, you can see it. You don't need the lens to see it. Uh, like a, a Bitcoin core developer sees all of it because it's still like data. Right. Um, but it's not it's not affecting the core layer like like um the core bitcoin layer it's like on top of it almost kind of like a messaging system mm -hmm. but but it, it actually can execute things like create tokens uh, uh you're basically writing files on that ordinal layer right mm -hmm. like that that top layer so so the really crazy thing about this was is that like this actually breaks the potential of bitcoin out to be able to do more than whatever it's done before and so um what's the problem with bitcoin before it's always been slow um you you can limit you have to limit like data because then it'll clog up the system what they've done is they've actually initially created this to where you can inscribe the data on the actual satoshi so if it's an image or a game but the problem was is that like you had to fit it in four uh four megabytes right because that was this that was the limit and if you had to do more you had to inscribe on a separate one what they just released uh two weeks ago or a week and a half ago was called uh recursive inscriptions meaning that like if let's say that like you wanted to create this video game but it was more than four megabytes so you can't do it well what you can do is instead inscribe the code in bits and pieces over like 20 satoshis and then the main satoshi can call all that code back to the parent one and then work together as like the game like regular code in the game it's called recursive inscriptions to actually really break through uh innovation this past week and it's it's been it's it's basically gonna allow if the core developers eventually say okay this can make the the whole uh core transactions faster and all this stuff it could make everything on bitcoin bitcoin work more fluid and quicker and all these things but i mean do, what do, what do people want do people want mass adoption with bitcoin you know like do, do people want mass adoption with it to the point to where people are going to use it to buy things i don't know i hear people saying they do like at bitcoin conventions in like Prague, they're saying that they want people that like in um in in uh like africa to be able to use bitcoin like on a daily basis well you're not going to be able to use it at all the way that it is with the core bitcoin how core bitcoin works right now so they they developed lightning payments right and so anyways that's kind of going down another route but what what i'm what with what this is right here this is basically this video game is if you look at it here it's it's showing that it would be inscribed on this uh land block so it says zero 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 dot bitmap this is just an example but this is how it would work so every application would actually get inscribe to that address and then have this in the top corner so if it's like another different application not a video game but something else like an image then you could you would have your address there in the top corner so that's how you get the programmability 
on your land or whatever. So this mm. is just kind of the start of it, right? Like, it's an idea. It's like, who knows if this is going to take, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's so early and it's so, you, you're, you have to use a lot of your imagination with it right now. Awesome. That was great. That's cool so, stuff, man. Um, anybody going to get any questions or go to the next thing? Should we do All the right. DCA? Yeah, we'll jump into that. All right, so I'm going to uh, entire screen. Do my mom's my mom's social security. I have all my personal stuff up on here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No, 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 no. That was me. I was sharing my screen still. <laughs> so, all right. So pulling up some prices, Shizzy. I just want to draw our attention to some just sheer insanity. Um, Bitcoin Cash is up thirty five percent today. That's right. I said Bitcoin Cash is up five percent. Uh oh. What? Did did somebody at BlackRock like make a typo and they type by? It was Grandma. <laughs> said, oh, this Bitcoin Cash thing looks cool. My goodness. <laughs> anyway, okay, sorry, just just a random nonsense. So, are you are you going to be DCAing in the Bitcoin Cash? Well, it's too late now. I missed the boat. But I'll be looking for the bottom soon. <laughs> All right. So, for anyone who doesn't know, every week we do a uh, a weekly DCA. And we, we started uh, back in February, and we're doing now. So every week we get it, we each get $100, and you can put it in anything you want. And then we're going to see in the bull market if we're um, just a bunch of uh, shit coiners or we can actually make money doing this. So it's kind of an experiment that we're doing, and it's something that I do personally in real life. So we'll see. Um, so uh, who wants to go first? Who wants to drop their $100 into a, um, a fun little coin here? So uh, I'll just run through. Um, our total balance right now is four thousand three hundred fifty-one dollars. Uh, we have a, a negative profit of uh, one thousand four hundred thirteen dollars. We are down twenty-three percent. Our biggest holding is Canto at three hundred ninety-four dollars. Then we have Magic at three hundred sixty-two dollars and Camelot at three hundred twenty-one dollars. And S Stars are fourth with three hundred six dollars. So I guess I'll go first since nobody's yeah. jumping up uh -huh. here. Uh, I'm gonna go with um uh something I DCA'd into this week. Uh Richard Hart's little baby here, uh post post chain. So um the reason I'm doing it is because it's just so beaten down. And uh this same thing kind of happened with um with Hex. Hex got really beaten down before Richard started pumping money into it, and then it took off to do a ten thousand X. Am I saying this will do a ten thousand X? I don't think so, but, uh, you know, history doesn't always repeat itself, but sometimes it rhymes, and I'm hoping this one rhymes, so. I'm dropping my whole hundred in here. I think that's probably, like, what, five million? No. One million. All right, who's next? I'm I'm gonna do all mine into track. Track. Yeah. I and think what, there's what they're the indexer for all like pretty much everything that's ordinal related. Gotcha. They're they're like just offering to index every new thing that has legs, which I think is smart. 
because yeah. if they start to like are known for indexing everything, then they're going to be known as one of the standards in the beginning. Um, but yeah. So tracks looking to be the, um, the uh, Oracle of um, Bitcoin. I think so. I think so. They're, that's what they're looking to do. Uh, and it's, it's, they, they're tracking everything too. Yeah. It's not just BRC twenties. It's, it's C. That's on here. Oh, is that coin gecko? Oh, that's yeah. right there. It's right there. It's it's the Where? T. Right Where's there. One? Yeah. Uh, okay. They're still sense. yeah. That's good. Eleven hundred and fifty. Who's next? Nibbles or get small. You're next in the stack, Don. All right, I'll jump in. Um, so you guys already have. I, I, I could definitely DCA more into Magic because I I, I put us yeah. in there for hundred bucks, like a dollar seventeen. But I'm not going to do that because you guys already have a decent amount of Magic. Uh, I like uh, Grail a lot right now yeah. at the at that price point. Um, those guys are teasing out a, a major release coming up, um, and I think they might be able to get some momentum going again. But you're also pretty good there, and I like Arbitrum at a dollar sixteen. I really liked it at ninety seven cents the other day. Yeah. Um, but the other one that I like that's not anywhere near the top of your list, you might have some is uh, Plutus Dow. Oh yes, yeah, POS. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. I would throw. I'm gonna throw my whole hundred into there because they that one got beat down quite a bit. This was um, at a dollar thirty. Like yeah, it's 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 beat ago. down and and there's no good reason for it. It's yeah. just just market dynamics. Um, I, I I think that's a good buy at thirty four cents, and that was it was like twenty six cents last week, um, which was absurd. So that's where I'll go. All right, Mister Nibbles, you going Canto? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. all in. Everything's in on Canto, and when we're done that, I'd like to sell um, the Avax and pour that into Canto too. All right. So we got conviction. I like it. Bouncing Canto. Yeah, I don't know if you. I don't know if you. You followed Canto at all. Uh, I don't Canto. know anything about it. Highly decentralized, which can be very frustrating to deal with on one hand, but um, is sort of the whole purpose of the space anyway. So. Um, I, I'm all in on that. Um, and it had a really nice run, like before around Christmas time, I think it was around seven cents. It ran up to seven, did a 10 X in, in a couple months time. Um, and then it is slowly sort of, you know, taking the escalator down. Um, it's down now near its bottom. So we're almost at an all time low. There's no reason for it to like a lot of the other ones. There's no reason for it. Good reason mm -hmm. for it to be down so hard. Yeah. So it feels like there's a lot of tension sort of built up into into its price and and when that tension gets released um well it's already demonstrated it'll do a 10x in a, in a short period of time so i don't know if it'll be 10 this time but uh um you know uh, it it feels like it's got that capability um to, all right to so um you you already i'm sorry i cut you off well yeah, you, you already sold the uh avax but you oh, do it, have 100 hours in tether wait, here are you sure the avax is i thought i saw avax near yeah, near the bottom saw, yeah there it is avalanche zero Oh, the zero. Oh, it's just holding that on the list. Yeah, yeah, tether. Then please move the. Yeah, this is exactly why I was putting stuff in tether for for a moment like this. 
Oh wow, Kento is our, our our biggest holding like by far. So it's I'm re- I hope this thing explodes because if it does, this is gonna be a really good looking portfolio here. So we're gonna go what nine hundred. Yeah, me too. Man. Me too. I, I would have I would have put more more into magic and more into Grail, but just looking at the charts. Kanto yeah. is lagging. Like it's the only, it's one of the only red ones. Like it's, it's la- all the others seem to have, 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 you know, um, been raised with the, uh, raised with the sea level from Bitcoin. Kanto uh, is one that just seems to be held back. And so it, it makes, it feels like it's something to get into a little heavier now than anybody else. It's 12.5% of our portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> telling you, I'm, I'm all, I'm very, very, I mean, whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, I, I believe very much in decentralization uh, for yeah. certain things. So, I like it. I, I don't mind it. Nice. All right. So we'll get into our closing thoughts. Uh, we'll start from the bottom and go up. Mr. Niblitz, closing thoughts. Whoa. Anything? Any predictions for next week besides price or anything? Man. You know, I'm just... Every week I wonder, is there any more bad news in the bad news gun? Like, are there more bullets? And I don't know. I don't know how. I'm just trying to imagine what what other kinds of bullets could there be? And, you know, all the big names, like all the big names that, that we, I, I don't, in this, in a decentralized space, I'm very nervous when I know any founders' names. Like, I don't actually want to, I don't want to know Doquan. I don't want yeah. to know Justin Sun. Like, I don't want to know any of the, and if I know their names, that makes me question, well, really, how decentralized is it? Um, you know, it's supposed to be a team effort of people who may not even know who the other team members are. And so if if there's such a focus on, on, on a single person or a single name, that just makes me question, you know, is the foundation decentralized enough? And why? Why do we know that guy's name? Well, a lot of those names have been cleared out, and we're not hearing, we're not hearing a lot from Harry Yay yeah. like we used to. So... It just makes me wonder, there aren't many more, how many more bad stories? How much more bad news can there be? I, I, a lot of the brush is cleaned yeah, out. So. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think there's going to be more much yeah. like yeah. maybe like yeah. little things here and there, but like the house committee is on Gary Gensler's ass right now. Yeah. Um, you had stuff that came out outside of the house committee into circulating in Twitter, like news that uh, someone whoever that was, BlackRock or whoever, wasn't happy with uh, Gary Gensler and then Biden too or something. They were trying to shake, they said they were going to shake up some financial, mm-hmm. Janet Yellen yeah, was yeah. thrown I in there. Janet too. Yellen. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and so like, there's a lot of things that I think like, maybe there was like a lot of talking to's or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like there's not, there's not much more FUD that can happen. Obviously you can create FUD out of nowhere, but um but like, yeah, like, like, what are they going to do? Like, charge Brian Armstrong with with jaywalking? Like, like, what, dude? Yeah. If I was Brian Armstrong right now, I would feel so like confident because Black Black just, standing. Black, well, BlackRock just filed ETF. BlackRock is using Coinbase as yeah, a custodian. Yep. yep. No, yeah. and and if and if anybody else large is coming into the space, if you're the last man standing, if you're the only one that's positioned to even deal with that scale, 
you own all the skate. Like you're, that's it. It's all coming to, I, yeah. I mean, I guess there's JJ Alaire over at circle that can maybe do something, yeah. but yeah, there's not many. There's well, many he, he, there was a story about him. Like, what was it? Ah, oh, dang it. Something about, uh, he's, uh, they're buying, uh, treasuries again or something. I forgot what they were doing, but they're doing something to where they stopped purchasing either treasuries or something, but now they picked it back up. But anyways, like, did you notice that Armstrong's, uh, Twitter presence kind of calmed down the past like two weeks. Yeah, called him. But he's not in handcuffs, right? Like, so he, he's not wearing an orange jumpsuit, and he hasn't yeah. disappeared into like. I think I think yet, there's so. I think there was probably some sort of like you know I don't know about agreement, but something. I, I think like the the last court um, update was that the SEC had like 120 days to get back to uh, Coinbase's uh, request of something. And I was like 120 days, you know, who knows? They might just settle out of court or whatever, or mm -hmm. settle, you know, and, and just squash this stuff. Cause it, it does seem like a lot has calmed down. I don't know. Maybe they're not tricking us. Maybe it really is bullish times, but we yeah. probably, you know, yeah, so I, I just I don't I don't I don't see anything as I look out. I don't see anything dangers of a huge wick down. Like what? Maybe maybe we escalate her down, but I just don't yeah. see that that huge wick mm -hmm. down that makes us all sort of you know oh, we shit the bed again. Like I just yeah. I, I don't know. It would have to be like a world event, right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. If, yeah. It would be something that takes everything down. Um, right. In I, which I, case, I can't see. In which yeah, let's case not talk about that though. About your bags. Yeah, it might not matter a ton, but yeah, like any any other. I mean, being in this space, right? Like if we've what well, we've survived what we survived over the last year, and two years, really, like yeah, <laughs> the last two years. And I mean, the SEC just fired their shots, man. There's yeah. the, the there's no way they have bigger shots behind these that they haven't fired yet. Than going after Binance and Coinbase on back-to-back -back days, yeah. like that was the play, and like just the the way all this stuff's played out. Like I'm not a lawyer, uh, but I feel like I could argue the case against the SEC with all the shit that's out there with Gensler saying the opposite thing on video constantly, and then not like not following through on stuff and saying come in and register, but then not giving anybody the opportunity yeah. to register. Like there's to me, it just seems like there's so many obvious ways to point out the bad acting that like the court cases that at best they're going to take forever but i can't imagine these things going sec's way in that long run and to me again for whatever reason i won't speculate on what's actually behind gensler's reason for what whatever it is he's trying to do but that like he played it that way in my opinion because he was hoping he'd create like this death spiral of fud because he knows that he can't actually do the things that he's trying to do. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. does just does not seem like the law is on his side. And I think he's going to get like annihilated in court. I think he's going to be made to look like a clown. And I think I the play wait. was, I got a shot. I'm going to take it. And either I get lucky in this thing, death spirals and I'm a hero to whoever the hell it is that I'm, I'm trying to be a hero to. And that works for me or it doesn't. And I'm a shit out of luck by the, you know, that, that, that's where I was going to end up anyways. So, I don't so know. This, that's my take great, on it. There's this great interview that John Stewart did with him uh, a few weeks or a few months ago, and John Stewart was just like, "Do you hear the shit you're saying?" Like, like Stewart John, with Gensler? Yeah, yeah. And Stewart oh, I'm gonna look that up. I haven't seen Stewart rip anybody apart in a long time. Uh, I'll enjoy that. He told, yeah, he just looked. He's just like, 
you are absolutely full of shit. Do you hear <laughs> yourself? And and it was almost verbatim what he said. And it was just beautiful. It was just I'm gonna have to go beautiful. look that one up when we're done. Yeah. Stuart's the best, man. I love when he does that, like when he he when when he corners somebody and just takes it's, them apart. You gotta so, go way back, but did you guys ever see the thing when he went on what was it? It was like CNN Crossfire or Fox News Crossfire, I remember yeah, what yeah. channel it was on. Uh see Tucker it. Carlson was on it, was yeah. on his shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh my god. You guys never saw that. Go look it up. It's amazing. He had this, I'm gonna watch he had that. this brilliant interview with, so John, with John Bolton where he gets John Bolton to admit that nobody in America deserves to have democracy or freedom. You're supposed to do what you're told. And he literally cornered John Bolton into saying that out loud. And then John was wow. like, crap. Like I've, yeah. I've, I've watched him so many times. Like he just he gets his print. And if you walk into that interview with him, you've got to know that's where he he's going to do that to you. Like you, you've got to be careful yeah. about that. And yeah. You, get, you should do your research for you. And go on. And that watching like you, watching <laughs> like if, if you're yeah. doing something wrong and yeah. you're in politics, he's going to sniff that shit out on yeah. camera. So totally. it would behoove you to not do an interview with him. If you yeah. do something yeah, wrong. I, would, I would recommend you avoid it. Being, being, being in Pennsylvania, he's the reason Dr. Oz lost to um the ogre john Federin, whatever his name oh, is. oh yeah like he was the the meat he was the 100 reason why um uh, dr oz lost the election wow so, wow what, what did he do to oz um he he he, he they, they had like a debate like live in, in front of people like it was just like a uh like a just a session just talking but there's people around and it was like on like cell phones and he he made dr oz just almost sit there like like baffled like stupid you can probably see that online too uh uh, so that was actually yeah. that was actually pretty good, but yeah, I, I, to me that's the, he's, that was he's a, a point skilled in the uh, debater. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's pretty good. To say but it, it's fun to watch Gary Gensler sweat and and yeah. just get called outright to his face. The politicians yep. won't call him out to his face, but yep. uh, it, it's nice. It is nice to watch that. And and speaking of interviews, yeah. um, if you guys haven't seen it yet, the uh, RFK Joe Joe Rogan, I thought it was phenomenal, and uh, I think RFK really came out of nowhere, and uh, I'm, I'm really liking this guy, man. So, yeah, yeah. I've, I I didn't hear the interview, but I've I've heard all the aftermath of the uh, um, paying paying people to come on a debate and all that. And uh, yeah, that that's that stuff. I think is it's a, a a questionable path to the truth is to get uh, a couple experts to have a, a debate on on Joe Rogan, yeah. Um, yeah. especially if you got folks that are like expert speakers and then folks who are like yeah, uh, that's true. You know, uh, you can kind in, in labs. Can... Yeah, you can kind of just overpower them with your uh, your speaking ability and kind of maneuvering, but like, like the thing with RFK is that I, I think that like he has that mentality of being skeptical because of a of a reason that affected him and his family a long time ago, and I feel like he can't let that go. But yeah. like, it's some of that is like actually bringing some stuff up that needs to be brought up, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But some of it, I'm like, I don't know if like I would want that that person to be president because he he's still always going to be skeptical of that department in in the government and like it's just yeah. always going mm -hmm. to be unless he like gets rid of it completely which get rid you know, of it I, you know like I mean that's what the uh what's his name the the uh Indian American guy that's running for uh supposedly running for president but he's talking about getting rid of the FBI and the CIA yeah. and some of these agencies start but, over 
I mean, like, yeah, I, I can understand that. Like, trying to start over. We we don't know really what's best for that situation, right? Like us, we're yeah. just two citizens that like mm. we we know that there's a lot of bad shit that probably that that thing did, but we also know bring like, it all in the open. Just bring yeah. it all out there. Let, let us you, know. But also, what was their like? What was their uh, uh, main? What was their first first rule? First goal was to protect the uh, protect the Constitution in the United States, right? Like from foreign, uh, yeah, foreign and domestic, right? So that that they that's the reason why a lot of bad shit came up is because they would do bad shit if it would protect this, you know. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, where does that go bad? Where does that line cross to where it's like, that's just too much bad shit? Like, you know what I mean? And I think yep. that yeah. that's where that's where things might have happened. And um, but I, I'm tired, so I don't want to yeah. like, because <laughs> like, yeah, this, this is a whole path. Yeah, yeah we're going with this. Actually, I was, I was about to say, like, we still haven't yeah. found the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, no, there's so. there's uh, no doubt there's problems. And, and yeah, I think you know, I'm glad people are pushing for conversations. I'll say yeah. that, you know, even if I don't think that, that, uh, you know, calling people out with hundred thousand dollar bets or donations or whatever that is, is the right way to get, have that yeah. conversation. I don't know what the right way is and it does need to be had. It so, was all you know, at least, scary, at least though. in it's an attempt, yeah. right? It's an attempt and, you know, hopefully a good faith one. So, so but let's um, get out yeah. of here tonight. I want to thank everyone for watching. Please smash the like. Please, please subscribe so, if you haven't subscribed. And get small, man. Really appreciate you being here with us tonight, man. It was an amazing episode. Thank you so follow, much. Follow, follow this guys. man. Follow, follow him. This, ready, play, ready to layer two on all all podcasts, correct? That's right. Ready all layer right. two. Yeah, Marvin, right. get him. What one last thing? We didn't we didn't say something this week, and I want to make sure that we say it every week. All right, let's go. What is it? BRC twenty. Okay, there we go. That's it. <laughs> well, we did. That, that, that was the bitmap. We had a whole no, yeah, bit map. It was in there. We didn't oh, say BRC yeah, yeah. twenty, and so yeah. we've got to make sure that those <laughs> those sounds appear in every podcast. So there you go. No, me, 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 what i've never I've, just 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 until this weekend and then we, we'll okay. be back at it okay. with the, the ordinal revolution this weekend go check it out all right guys <laughs> all right fellas all right, guys thank you yeah. have a good one, good one.